BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. A federal judge has struck down the gun ban decree. There you go. And apparently it was a bit contentious with the judge being like, are you out of your minds? This was a power grab by the Democrat governor in a Democrat trifecta state, and they could not pull it off. Amazing. I'm glad to see it. We got more news. Joe Biden has sent a letter instructing the press to scrutinize his impeachment. This man has no shame. This is insane. An insane degree of collusion and manipulation. But hey, guess what? The press has already obliged lying over and over again about what's really going on. So can't say I'm surprised there. We'll talk about that, plus a lot more information, a, a, a lot of other uh, news stories. We have the Washington Post writing that Joe Biden should just basically give up aliens. I don't know if you saw this, but the aliens were apparently put on display at Congress or, or something. I, yeah. I, I don't know. It's the stupidest thing ever. But I guess we'll talk about it. Because uh, I suppose when big news breaks that hurts Democrats' feelings, we have to get another alien story in there somewhere. <laughs> Before we get started, my friends, click the link in the description or head over to TimCast.com and click TimCast IRL X Miami to pick up your tickets to the event we are having with Patrick Bet David, Donald Trump Jr., and Matt Gates. You're going to see me, Tim Poole, Luke Rudkowski, and Ian Cross will be hanging out. Plus, a lot of really awesome special guests. I'm, I'm, there might be something like 20 very uh, 20 or so personalities that you know and you have seen on this show who will be there in some form. The only reason we don't have a list of all their names is because we are confirming them right now. And they're not the official guests. Like, you're going to see Patrick Bet David, Trump Jr. and Gates on stage with us. It's going to be a wild conversation. But then we're going to have special guest cameos and other prominent personalities, podcasters there at the event hanging out, probably hanging out with you guys. I don't want to speak for everybody. But I know that me and Luke will probably be uh, hanging out and schmoozing. So we really hope to see you there. Again, go to TimCast.com. Pick up your tickets while you can. It's October 6th at 6 p.m. at 1030 in Miami. It's going to be awesome. And if you're an elite member of TimCast.com, there is going to be a VIP meetup, probably a dinner of some sort, uh, around 3 p.m. So let's call it supper, where we will, we will hang out before the show. Yeah, supper is like 3 p.m., Phil. What do you think? I thought it was Canada. Yeah, I don't know. And also, don't forget to just become a member. Click join us. We're going to have a members-only uncensored show. And this one's going to get spicy because uh, it's not so family-friendly. Basically, there is a new uh, uh, investigation, undercover reporting, about what these websites do and what they know is going on with exploitation and child trafficking. We'll get into it in the members-only where I don't think it's going to be appropriate for your kids, what we discuss. So, uh, you know, we'll keep that one for the uncensored show. Smash the like button, subscribe to this channel. And most importantly, if you really want to do support, if you really want to support us, share this show right now. If you're listening on YouTube or the podcast, just tell your friends about it. Play it when uh, uh, ask them if they'd like to listen to it and, you know, don't antagonize them. But sharing the, the podcast really does help. Podcasts grow primarily through word of mouth. There's no there's no ads you can buy to make it work. People try. It doesn't work. It's all just about whether or not you think it's worth sharing. So really do appreciate it. Joining us tonight to talk about this and so much more is Malcolm Flex. How's it going? How's it going? It's good. Who are you? I am a semi-serious political commentator, occasional shit poster, of course. And I love, love, love to fact check people and make 
little kids cry. <laughs> uh, at least that's at least that's uh that's what they're saying basically because of my political t- stances and you know i actually checked ai on me and apparently i'm not friendly when i try to you know look myself up they say i'm a very controversial person yeah so, yeah everyone's controversial now though oh man so apparently i'm just making babies cry you know think of the children and all that and i'm if, just if, not good if taylor swift came out right now and said she was considering voting republican but wasn't so sure because that she's heard a lot of bad things all of a sudden they would say she's controversial. They'd be like, controversial oh, yeah. pop oh, star Taylor Swift. <laughs> you know. But anyway, this is going to be fun. Thanks for hanging out. We got Phil Labonte. Hello, my name is Phil Labonte, uh, lead singer of All That Remains, anti-communist, counter-revolutionary. And Ian Crossland. What's happening, everybody? Good to see you. And I am Surge.com. It's a pleasure to see you again, Malcolm, as always. Let's just get to it, Tim. Let's jump into that news from the post-millennial federal judge blocks New Mexico governor's firearm carry ban. Amazing. On Wednesday, a federal judge blocked New Mexico Governor Michelle Luan Grisham's temporary ban on the carrying of firearms in the state with high crime rates. U.S. District Judge David Urias issued a temporary restraining order following a hearing spurred on by a series of civil lawsuits filed against the governor by pro-gun activist groups who argued the ban infringed on citizens' constitutional rights. As Reuters reports, Urias sided with opponents of the move, agreeing that it went against the rights of law-abiding citizens to carry firearms for self-defense and recent Supreme Court rulings on the issue. They just want the right to carry guns, he said. In the days since Grisham signed the executive order, she has faced criticism from within New Mexico and across the country. Uh, And especially they're going to mention that the AG of New Mexico said that he would not defend the governor. That means when it came to these lawsuits, she can be standing up there by herself being like, I should be allowed to do this. And the judge is going to be like, yeah, sorry, no, you have no legal arguments and you lose. So let me just stress once again, while there are concerns about our gun rights, while we do need to repeal the NFA and abolish the ATF, that does not mean we are losing. In fact, we are winning. And for decades, we have expanded the right to keep and bury arms, uh, keep and bury, keep and carry to bear and keep. (laughs) Oh, man, I'm all over the place. Uh, We've expanded the rights to uh, bear arms, to carry, to possess. And people need to understand that you go back before 2008, it was still very difficult. So victory upon victory. The move made by this governor was the was a death throw. It was pure desperation. And even after she did it, a bunch of dudes showed up in Albuquerque and were like, nah. And they showed up armed. They're losing. They know they're losing. Here's the best part about it. It forced people like David Hogg and Ted Lieu to come out and be like, we actually oppose the, the banning of guns by decree. Here's the best part beyond that. When they started shutting everything down over COVID, saying that public health trumped the Constitution, this has forced them backwards. And now you've got personalities like David Hogg saying there is no public health exception to the Constitution. Mm-hmm. So we forced their position back past the line. This is victory. This, this is, is- when you're talking about winning, this is something that's been, on the t- I think heard you guys talking about it last night and trying to describe it. Because like, okay, say, say you have 10 victory points and there's two teams. Each team needs all 10 points to win. Mm-hmm. One of the teams has eight of them and your team has two. You would say you're losing. But then if you win a great battle and they all their, their troops are gone now, they're, they're fleeing backwards and now you can go and you're about to take all, all eight of those victory points because they have no defense, you might still technically be losing because you only control two of the victory points, but the momentum has shifted. I, I, and it, that uh, you could consider winning as a form of momentum and positioning. Yes. And, and here's another analogy. You are playing dodgeball and you have five players on one side and five on the other. For the first two thirds of the game, They've knocked out four of your players 
And so there's one person left and it's like, man, we are losing. Then all of a sudden the dude picks up the ball. They throw it. He bounces it back, hits one of their guys, knocks him out. They whip one. He catches it. Another player's back in. Within a few minutes, it's now three players on your team, three players on their team. And you may be saying they've got so much power, but now they're starting to, to trip. They're stumbling yeah. over themselves. They're in panic. They're in disarray. Mm. You have picked up the momentum this, and you have begun to win. The momentum has changed. This this it New is. Mexico gun ban attempt is exactly what I thought should happen in a just society is that a governor makes a tyrannical move. The, the people come out, they protest, and then even the attorney general refuses to work with the tyrant. And right. that's... It's very encouraging. But I've always got to uh, tell people it always depends on what your players do once momentum shifts, because you're one mistake away from yep. ending up, you know, back where you started. And so it's kind of like right now we're seeing that, hey, the public still does not have a stomach for government overreach. That's amazing. But the problem is this is sort of conditioning the Overton window. I know you guys saw the whole news with uh, UNC Chapel Hill with the shooting or not the almost <clears throat> shooting the dangerous individual. Right. Well, that right there happened literally a day after apparently the March for Our Lives was in the courthouse shout or not the courthouse legislature shouting down their people. So if you get something like that, how that just gives them a nice little barometer for how much fear they need in order to condition people. There's BP added more than 70 billion dollars to the U.S. economy in 2022. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Go ahead. Good. Well... It's just we know that we know that our government uses assets. We know that, again, the CIA, the FBI, groups like that, they entrap people. They cause situations where people end up getting a gun somehow miraculously and then going on a spree. And so I just always wonder, are they going to use this to recalibrate? Who can who you know, who knows how well they calibrate anything, actually? And this is what people need to understand for next year. I am not concerned about a false flag where a CIA or FBI guy or whatever claims to be a Trump supporter in a MAGA hat and then goes and commits some act. What they do every single time, and this is not a conspiracy theory, but the media will lie anyway, the FBI sends criminal informants and agents to convince people to commit acts of violence. That way they can be like, there he is, there's your proof. They supply the individuals, they give them the opportunity, they give them the ideas, they set them up and then say, oh, heavens me, look what they're doing. What you need to be careful of is when they start to trick you with Fed talk, like Ray Epps yelling to go in the Capitol and everyone started chanting Fed. Yes. When you're seeing their plans fail, when you're seeing liberals forced to say you can't have a public health exception to the Constitution Mm -hmm. after COVID. Wow, we won that. Okay, I got to say, like we won that one. If if Democrats are coming out now saying you cannot overrule the Constitution with, with a public health order, but three years ago, they literally claimed you could. We've won that battle. This is, I mean, it's, this is definitely a white pill um, overall. The, the response from the rest of the, the country, you know, people outside of, of New Mexico, I think is, is probably the, the thing that I, is most impactful to me. Um, I don't personally trust uh, Ted Lieu or David Hogg to actually have much of a stomach for um, supporting 
individual rights and stuff like that, honestly. Um, but at the same time, the fact that they spoke up was good. The fact that the AG won't defend her is very, very good. The fact that the mayor was like, you know, against it as well. That's very, very good. Um, Firearms Policy Coalition, the uh, they're they're on X there at Gun Policy, and you should definitely follow them. You should probably become a member as well. Um, they did a really good job of of uh, live tweeting it today, and inside the courtroom, the 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 judge just didn't have much patience for the argument being love it. arguments being made by the the state. You know, the the fact is, the Bruin case is essentially a nuclear weapon when it comes to the right to keep and bear arms. Bruin found that, you know, you have the right to keep and bear. You can keep it on you and carry it with you. And it's not a second class right. The way that legislatures or I'm sorry, uh, the way that that uh, administrations had treated the Second Amendment up until Bruin is that it wasn't actually a right. It was a privilege. And the Bruin case has made it clear that that is not acceptable. And the, the judge today specifically said that Bruin has made it clear that we do not have the right to interpret the law. The law is as it says, that the, the right to keep and bear arms isn't going to be infringed. It's outside of the purview of the federal of the of the federal and consequently the state governments because the Constitution is the supreme law of the land. So it's outside of the purview of any government to say you can't t- you can't have a gun to carry on you barring a, a you know, due process. I uh, I think the next victory we need to make is. I don't know how we do it because it's going to require the Supreme Court, but I will. I have no problem saying this. I have no legal experience. None. Did not go to law school. I've only been in court a handful of times. And the Supreme Court justices are wrong on, on the ability of a state to require a permit. The right shall not be infringed. Yeah. If I am required to pay money in order to get permission from the government, permission, permit, mm-hmm then uh, they've infringed my rights. Yeah. And the Supreme, and this was, this is Kavanaugh who said, well, they can require permits, but they can't use it as a shield and to manipulate. Basically what was happening was these states were saying, yes, you can get a gun, just felt this permit. And then they crumple up and throw it in the garbage. They were using it as a way to block you from getting guns. They said, no, if you take the, the form, you have to issue the permit. They're still trying to find uh, loopholes. New Jersey's loophole was, uh, you had to have, uh, you have to have proof of some kind of threat. And you have to have reason why the threat exists. So it's like you have to be rich or famous, basically. Mm -hmm. So wouldn't this, though, be kind of where they try to use the elastic clause and, you know, they start to really sort of massage the the firmness of the rule of shall not be infringed and what a well-regulated means? Because we've seen them play fast and loose with terms and definitions in the past. We've seen them do this and say, oh, no, well-regulated means you've got to have these many stipulations on it and you can only have this. And, you know, they weren't talking about these pew-pews. They were talking about these pew-pews. And it's just kind of like this new school of law and interpretation of law that we have going is set up to where people can take dubious and, you know, sort of nebulous language and twist it into how they want it. And that's what's coming out of law schools now are lawyers that love to play fast and loose with definitions and they're yep. what the Constitution, you know, what the people back in the day would call loose constructionists. There, there yep. was actually a judge who refused to rule on what a woman was and because the argument was that in today's context, a woman could mean many different things. No, the, there was a reason we passed a law 
And how we describe it doesn't matter because we know what the law is intending to do. Yeah. Uh, to simplify, we did not create women's volleyball because sometimes people wear dresses. We did it because men and women are different. Yeah. So yeah. when we said women's sports, we didn't mean if you're wearing a dress or you're wearing pants volleyball. But this is the game they're playing when they say, well, if, if someone says they're women, they are. Therefore, women's sports. No, 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 no. <laughs> then let's change it to f- female and male sports. I, this is something that we've talked about a little bit um in the past here the use of language like that to change the the use of changing the uh the meanings of words essentially means that you have changed the meaning of laws yeah right without actually having any kind of whether it be a vote or your representatives don't you know don't present it to the legislature or anything like that and that's a way that people that are looking to infringe on your rights or possibly take your property this is something that james Lindsay brings up you all of the uh the dedications of land to uh first nations or whatever that kind of stuff it's a bad thing because if you can convince people that you are on stolen land then you do not have legitimate ownership of that land that means they can just take it is your 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 property used to be on uh on you know the whatever that whatever first nation uh group or whatever yeah. oh that's not yours we're taking your house remember and that's the uh, that's the goal is to remove property rights because if the government is restricted by the law from per- taking your property without due process that limits their that limits the power that they have the there is nothing that the left wants more than to have absolute power to be able to take your property i i, I did not follow up on that story from a few years ago where the supreme court ruled that a large portion of i think kansas was actually native american land do you remember that i don't that was a big story and i don't uh, i don't remember exactly what happened with that you want to grab that real quick and then, because uh, the, basically the story was some lawsuit about a treaty, and then the Supreme Court was like, actually, yeah, the treaty stands. And so it would carve out a huge portion of the state as a reservation, which negatively impacted people who owned the property. Did you find it? Yeah. I don't know. We'll just talk about it later. I, it's, I, I, should, I, I don't like to bring these things up without having the direct sources in front of me so I can properly cite people them. People are saying it was Oklahoma. Oklahoma. Sorry, not Kansas. Oh, okay. Right. Oklahoma. There, was it? Yeah. One of them places. One of those places, but we'll we'll uh, we'll get in, we'll get into that stuff in, in a little bit. Maybe we'll pull up some sources, but we do have uh, more. We are winning news. Take a look at this from CNN. As we get started with the story, White House sends letter to news execs urging outlets to ramp up scrutiny of GOP's Biden impeachment inquiry based on lies. I just want to stress, Oliver Darcy is a deeply evil individual. How do I know this? I know Oliver Darcy. I've talked to him on many occasions. He's interviewed me on a, on a variety of stories. There, I, I do not believe it reasonable that Oliver Darcy is unaware of what's going on politically. I think he's more than well aware. Uh, of course, this is the guy who wrote the story. The reason why I say he's evil. Here's the opening paragraph. The White House sent a letter to top U.S. news executives on Wednesday urging them to intensify their scrutiny of House Republicans after Speaker Kevin McCarthy launched an impeachment inquiry into President Joe Biden, comma, despite having found no evidence of a crime. Let's just pause right there and I'll break down for you the psychotic depraved evil manipulations of these people like Oliver Darcy. <laughs> he is what I would describe as like, um, uh, how I just, I think, I think malicious evil is a good way to describe him. Why? First, if you are telling someone something happened, there is no reason for you to insert a non sequitur fact to frame the story that's poisoning the well. Adding, despite having found no evidence of a crime is immaterial to an impeachment inquiry. An inquiry is quite literally an investigation. We do not typically 
launch an indictment against an individual and then investigate. We investigate and then indict. Impeachment is indictment. Meaning Kevin McCarthy has said there is a preponderance of evidence of wrongdoing. We're going to begin an investigation to determine whether or not this rises to the level of impeachment. If it does, we will vote for impeachment. Inserting that sentence into the into the article is a lie. There's a tremendous amount of evidence cited by Kevin McCarthy and Republicans reported by The New York Times, by Politico, by The Wall Street Journal and these crackpot and even CNN. And so it's these crackpot evil people at NBC News, at the AP and at CNN who are trying to insert lies to shift Mm -hmm. the political narrative. There is no reason for that sentence to be in this article because you do not need evidence of a crime for an inquiry. You need a you need probable cause. Now, again, we do have evidence of a crime and he's lying about there being no evidence, which is fascinating. But the big story here outside of the fact that the press is evil and uh, most of them are not all of them, but the corporate press, the enemy of the people. The big story here is the White House in pure desperation just sent a demand letter to the press saying, scrutinize this. Mm. Wow. <laughs> in what in what reality is the is the federal government? Here's what you do. You send a CIA or FBI guy to the journals and tell them to do it. An open letter shows they have lost control. Do you have the copy of the letter to get leaked? No, just uh-huh. the, we don't even know who all they sent. I mean, to uh, there's their statements from it. Uh, spokesman is ta- a spokesperson talked about it, but this is uh, widely reported across the board that they did this. It sounds like the um, there's no proof or, or there's no evidence claim is the the cover that they're running. I've been right. hearing this popping up. The no. E- By the way, if you ever talk about Hunter, no evidence, no evidence. No, even my mom told me there's no evidence. I'm like, why? Why would you? Why would you say there is or isn't? Either way, how do you know if there is or isn't? Like she it's, must it's, have been hearing this on TV. Yes, yes, 100%. it's a primer. That's why Oliver Darcy is an evil piece of trash. Yeah. Because what he is doing is inserting something immaterial to an inquiry, so that people like your mom yes. say there's no evidence, though. And you know, you say to your mom, you'd be like, "Well, why would they have the evidence before the investigation? What do you mean?" Exactly. And that- she, well, they're they're doing an impeachment, but with no evidence. No, they're doing an investigation. To see to find the evidence. Yeah. Well, I, I was just telling her about Hunter's stuff with Barisma, and she was like, "But there's no evidence." And I was like, "I don't have 20 minutes there's, right now." There's bank. There's bank accounts. There's bank accounts that have have transfers. Yeah, there's, a there's a lot of online, money. Though yeah. that's the problem is that they've stonewalled most of that information online. It's been a legacy media blackout, and they do that on purpose because again. If they make sure that the only people that know about it are the politically initiated, you've automatically, when the headline drops that, oh, a baseless impeachment inquiry is taking place, 90% of people are going to believe it. Because think about how many people you can tell about the Hunter Biden laptop from hell. And they're like, wait, what? 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 That exists? Huh? Did you know that uh, Hunter Biden said his dad takes his salary? Well, I don't know about that. Did, did, did you see the video where Joe Biden said he went to Ukraine to get a prosec- the prosecutor investigating his son fired and he threatened to withhold congressionally approved loan guarantees? I've never seen that video. Yeah, we get it. Yeah. You've never seen the videos. This is the purpose of they always do this. They'll say Donald Trump, comma, without evidence, comma, claim. Here's my favorite one. There was an article from CNN that was ragging on Trump for uh, claiming that Joe Biden ordered his prosecution. And they said that it was a conspiratorial claim or something, despite the New York Times quite literally having reported it. The New York Times reported, we've quoted it like five times this week already, that Joe Biden said 
He wanted Donald. He told his staff he wants Donald Trump prosecuted for January 6th. And he wants Merrick Garland to stop acting like a ponderous judge and be decisive. Like, what more do you need? It's that is him saying, arrest him. Parallel realities. and, And then you get. So this is what happens. The New York Times reports it. Trump hears it. Trump speaks at a rally and says, and, and, and Crooked Joe is trying to impede, to prosecute me, telling, telling Mayor Garland to do it. And then when he says it, CNN writes, Trump pushed a conspiracy theory that Biden ordered his arrest. This is what, this is what they did all throughout, throughout his first term. Trump would read the news mm-hmm. and then repeat what they said, and then they would reverse what they said. To this day, uh-huh. people still tell us that Trump said that he was, wanted people to inject bleach into their veins. Yep. So we've seen this. That's Literally. crazy. To this day, people still run that line. A lot of them DeSantis supporters. No no shade on them, but you know. <laughs> hey, obligatory reference. There you go. But, I mean, uh, the, the, the fascinating thing about the DeSantis phenomenon, considering, I, I think at this point, it's just like there isn't one. DeSantis, DeSantis is yeah. immaterial. You know, uh, I'll, I'll say this. Fact. If we, if we run a segment on DeSantis, it basically just vanishes. Mm. No one even cares what's going on with this campaign anymore. But the but I still see his prominent, you know, surrogates and personalities yeah. saying things like, everyone I talk to says DeSantis is is the one we need. And I'm like, yeah, okay. okay. Dude. Like, that's just not true mm. at all. Because when I talk to people who have concerns about Trump, they're saying Vivek Ramaswamy. Yeah. I get it. There's a lot of polling for DeSantis still. And Vivek has had, has had a few moments where he surpassed DeSantis, but DeSantis remains, you know, in the principal position after Trump. But I've, 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 we've gone all over the place. I was in Portland, Maine. I was in the Outer Banks. I've not experienced this DeSantis. He's Ooh. the real, like, <laughs> I, I see Trump flags everywhere. You know, that's, uh, that kind of takes me back to why they're doing all this to Trump and why DeSantis refuses to drop out. Because again, they're trying to taint the well right now. You, you're going to have an impeachment inquiry against Joe Biden. If they have to kick Joe Biden out, be, and you know, again, they want to do it where he's. We got another day of NBA action. And with FanDuel, every night is a watch party. So it's time for your FanDuel crew to make their bets. So what's the move tonight, gang? You know that new customers who bet $5 get $200 back in bonus bets if you win. Ooh, we're heating up, fam. Bet all the stars with all your friends and make every moment more only on FanDuel. New customers bet $5, get $200 back in bonus bets if you win. Make every moment more with FanDuel. It goes down in the deal. It goes down in the deal. 21 plus and present in Virginia. First online real money wager only. $10 first deposit required. Bonus issued is non-withdrawable bonus vest that expires seven days after receipt. See full terms at FanDuel.com slash sportsbook. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Riding off the descent sunset, you know, saying, oh, his health's just bad and he just doesn't want to hold up the office. No, we're going to stay in with, with an impeachment. But the thing is, if they kick Trump off of the ballots and do that, they need somebody else to stay in in the second place. And that's why yeah. even though he's losing, even though he's predicted to lose Iowa, they're tempering expectations on Iowa. They're, uh, you know, DeSantis, is, he's still staying in stubbornly, even though they're literally blowing through money. And so this media scrutiny on this impeachment, it's basically kind of walking it all down. You know, you got to you got to kind of uh, taint the whale's public opinion. You already know you're probably going to have enough to impeach, not enough to remove. So you don't want Joe Biden to be impeached and then resign because of the impeachment and 
it looks like, okay, this guy was like a stone cold criminal. That's what you don't want. So they're trying to, you know, again, taint the well, taint public perception well, and then get Trump out of there. Now we've got, what is it, four states where there are lawsuits to remove Trump, I think. So you've got Colorado, Oklahoma, Minnesota, and Florida. And then Arizona, they, were, they entertained it, but the, the Secretary of State was like, I can't do this. New Hampshire, there was a debate. But these four states, there are lawsuits. My question is, where are the lawsuits to remove Joe Biden from the ballot under the 14th Amendment for being an insurrectionist? Did Donald Trump get convicted in a criminal court of being an insurrectionist? No. So why are they filing lawsuits right now? Ah, in their opinion, Donald Trump saying peacefully protest warrants insurrection. In my opinion, Joe Biden ordering his attorney general to arrest his political rival is an insurrection yeah. against our, our institutions and our constitution. And as such, I think he should be ineligible to run for president. He should be, have his mm -hmm. name removed from the ballot. Where are any, uh, he should actually be removed from office immediately. So where are any of the lawsuits from the right challenging Joe Biden being on the ballot? You're going to get sternly worded letters. Come on. Oh, Don't yeah, we worded. all just love those sternly worded sternly letters? Sternly worded letters. I promise he might even use a wordy dirt in there and, you know, really <laughs> wow. make it stink. But uh, no, this is exactly what we're talking about, they, which is. They will remove Trump's name from the ballot. Mm -hmm. I, I, will, I will say this. There is, in my mind, a 95% chance that in some form, Trump's name is removed from the ballot somewhere. Why? In, in Arizona, they printed the wrong sized ballot on the wrong sized paper and jammed up all the machines. What I expect to happen at the very last minute, and uh, so October of next year, maybe, when the ballots are being sent out, batches of them will not have Trump's name on it. And then someone in, the in these offices, Secretary of State or otherwise, will say, Trump is an insurrectionist. It's not in dispute. So I removed his name under the 14th Amendment. <laughs> they will be sued. And then come December, the Supreme Court will say, hey, you can't do that. And they'll say, OK, we can't. We'll put his name back post haste. Oh, he lost, by the way. Mm -hmm. That's how it always goes, man. But I mean, this the is what's happening. You've got ideological capture in the uh, judicial field, you know, in, in the court of law. All your lawyers are coming out. They're literally left leaning. Your judges are left leaning. It's literally becoming to the point where they can do whatever the heck they want. And then, you know, you have conservatives. We're over here telling our kids, oh, no, 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 don't go to college. Go, go get a trade. And, you know, our kids, they're just, uh, you know, our boys are young boys. They're like, OK, I'll go be an electrician because all they want is just little money. They want to chase it and get some puniti on the side. So they're like, you know, I'm just going to go where the money is. But then your institutions are completely captured and they're left leaning. And all the legal interpretations of this whole immutable constitution are all turned against you. And this is kind of the problem that we face. It's like, even if we win 2024, because of how the law is, because of how they're doing these counties, you're not guaranteed to even have a lasting victory because our feeder system, our farm system is all screwed up. Yeah, true. Abject corruption across the country. And unfortunately, the people who believe in this country believe in its rules and its morals and its ethics. And the people who don't. Which is don't that and they cheat. That goes to the point that I made the other day about how liberals need to understand that you can only be a liberal. And I'm talking about classical liberals. Yeah. Classical liberals need to understand that you can only be a liberal with other liberals. Yep. Unfortunately, you cannot be a liberal and engage with fascists. You cannot be a liberal and engage with, with authoritarians like Marxists and stuff because right. they don't hold the same values that liberals do. If you don't think honesty is important, then you'll manipulate words and change the meaning so that way you can just get what your way. Yeah. That's the point. If 
If we were dealing with liberals, you wouldn't have people trying to manipulate the words that we're using to describe ideas. Right. right. The point of manipulating the words is to circumvent the actual law. If you were a liberal, then you would say, well, I'm going to honestly present my case. And if your case is better than my case, we're looking to collaborate on an idea and produce a better result for people. So what we're going to do is collaborate, blah, blah, blah. If you're if you're not looking for that, if you're just looking for power, then you'll manipulate, you'll twist words, you'll do whatever you can. Liberals need to understand when you're dealing with author authoritarians, liberalism doesn't work. Do you think it works with corporatism at all? I don't. I don't understand your question. Well, I feel like corporations are the most fascist aspect of our society. The collusion with the government. So, like, I've always thought that I have some liberal vestige in me, but I've been born and raised in this corporatocracy. And I just kind of play along. I send taxes to the war machine. And so like, am I even, do we even have any liberalism in this society? I want to think that I do. The problem is liberalism and having any sort of liberal society creates a vacuum of which authoritarians can use to take power. You know, they always say you vote yourself into tyranny, but then yep. you got to your way out. Again, I'm not going to say the other one because that's apparently <laughs> that's incitement these days. But uh, well, so, so is corp paying all your way out of it. Is that just like the, the economist's way to create authoritarianism legally so it's illegal corporatism legally is a cartel system and that's the thing it's not capitalism it's corporatism they all they've used corporatism as a weapon multiple times you know we can go back to how we tried to collapse russia and we literally brought their life expectancy of the average russian male down to 50 you know somewhere to mid 50s using corporatism the cash for vouchers program the you know the where they were basically converting the command economy into a capitalist society and they gave starving russians who needed medicine and food vouchers and these vouchers weren't ever honored I mean, you know they, they were never honored so they gave them all of that and then they, then you know you got these western firms these corporate talk you know these kleptocrats coming in working with the oligarchs who had the money and saying hey we need you to buy up these shares and they use corporatism. They bought up all the economy and basically use that and then turn I, it into a weapon. I want to get into some economic stuff, but we have to stop first at this story and then we'll move on to the economic stuff. We have this from the Washington Post. Biden should not run again in 2024. Ignatius. <gasps> wow. David Ignatius. Joe Biden launched his candidacy for president. His words are we are in a battle for the soul of the nation. He was right. Blah, blah, blah. Since then, he's, having, he's had a remarkable string of wins, which he, I admire most about President Biden is in a polarized nation. He's governed from a center out, blah, blah, blah. I, I love that he points out that Harris shouldn't run either. Oh, it's amazing. <laughs> yeah, normally, you'd think that it'd just be like, oh, President Biden shouldn't run. It'd be okay if the vice president did. Not this well, time. <laughs> he says, but I don't think Biden and, and Vice President Harris should run for re-election. It's painful to say that given my admiration. For much of what they've accomplished. But if he and Harris campaign together in 24, I think Biden risks undoing his greatest achievement, which was stopping Trump. Uh, <laughs> I, I am excited at the prospect of Joe Biden running again because he was just the anti-Trump corporeal mannequin that was used as something to vote for. Yeah, and now that you when you put a mannequin in office, you realize it doesn't lead. And then you get a lot of mm -hmm. big problems. And now they're like, uh oh, quick, switch Joe Biden and Kamala Harris out. But you can't do it. How do they get Biden and Kamala not to run again? There's no way. It's amazing that there's there is. Let me hold on. Yeah, go for it. There is no legitimate electoral and political path towards having Joe Biden and Kamala Harris leave the 2024 race. Yeah, true. But they can tell them that this, they're not going to 
back him with the super delegates. So no matter what, they're not going to be. He's the president. Easy. Yeah, but yeah, I, I, the DNC decides who they run. But but there is no political path. If they pull their support for Biden, they lose 2024, period. Yeah. True. Yeah. Nobody else has momentum. I mean, what are you going to do? And it's and the time is short. Like we're getting into, oh, yeah. you know, it's getting into the fall now. They've, they've got six months, maybe. Yeah. RFK, but they don't you know, want him. No, that's uh, the last thing they want. But it that's doesn't right. matter. Gavin Newsom exists. He doesn't want to do it either. They cannot. It's not about that. It's that if they say, if Joe Biden comes out and says Kamala and I it are not going to run for re-election, people are going to be like, whoa. whoa. Yeah, it undermines yeah. him. That, that's, that's, that's unprecedented. Yeah, exactly. That's insane. After all the shaky videos they've been paying Chris Mowry and Harry Sisson to do about how great <laughs> Joe Biden is, how he's literally doing what nobody else is doing, like, oh my God. Yeah, like, imagine your, your greatest accomplishment being winning the race. Like, that's oh, it. That was your greatest accomplishment. That's literally what they're saying. The website is getting hugged to death. So when you find your way here, congratulations, you made it to the uh, Uncensored show. But... Uh, this will be uh, welcome Timcast IRL. Thanks for listening. We're going to put this one up on all the podcast platforms and we'll uh, just do our best. But this is the kind of show that happens when the show gets too hot for YouTube and there's uh, not much we can do about it, but uh, it is what it is. So I suppose what we'll do is let's just take we'll take the first portion of the show, which was good anyway, and we'll just combine it with this. And we'll carry on from here. Uh, I don't know how else we can do it, but that's the way we do it. So uh, we uh, will jump into the first story that we have carrying on for uh, where we were left off. And that is Brian Kemp declares a state of emergency in Georgia over inflation. Quote, all Bidenomics has done is take more money out of the pockets of the middle class, Kemp said. I don't get this guy's deal. It's like he hates Trump, but he hates Biden. What's his, what's, what's he intending? What's his, what's his, what's his intended outcome here? Or it's simple enough to say the economy is fucked. Joe Biden's at fault and no one can deny it. I think it's probably that he, you know, he's, well, actually, I don't know. When, when is he up for re-election? Is it next year? I have no idea. Because I think re-election could be a thing because if he's he is a Republican, even though he's not a MAGA Republican, if I understand correctly. Um, and that being the case, if he is up for re-election next year, he doesn't want to risk being, you know, opposed to the uh, the Republican nominee, Donald Trump. And and it's probably a smart, uh, smart thing to do if you're a Republican. He, uh, he suspended their gas tax. Really? Yeah. What about the roads? <laughs> he, he won tw in 2022, Brian Kemp. So does that mean he's going to, he was a four-year term? I don't know. <laughs> the economy is kind of shitty and uh, it's been shitty for some time. And it feels like it's just a bunch of paper stacked on top of paper. I'm, 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 I'm wondering uh, how the Democrats think they're going to win with ailing Joe Biden with a fucked up economy. And it's not fucked up in the sense that like everyone can clearly see that the machine is broken. It's fucked up and like it is a piece. It's, it's like imagine a sheet with a bunch of holes punched through it. Like someone hung up a sheet and then started shooting at it with a full auto rifle of some sort. And so we can we can clearly see this thing's full of holes, burned, singed, and will not function as a sheet. But some people are like, well, the area that I'm using seems to be okay. And that's the so that's the weird thing as we move forward to 2024. How do the Democrats expect to win if you've got a, a, a crippled economy? And an ailing old man who can't remember where the fuck he is. Yeah, it, my, it, my, it doesn't work. My guess is the war. They'll use the Ukrainian war to try and be like, can't change presidents during a war. Yeah, that's uh, that's what a lot of people typically say. I just don't quite know how well that's going to go because we're not at war. And I mean, that's sort of the thing when they make Easy. all the treason. Yeah. <laughs> not right now. Yeah, true. That, but it's like when they make the whole treason comments in regards to anybody that opposes the war, it's like, 
I mean, that that can't even work. We're not technically, you know, combatants there, right? Uh, technically, no. Uh, well, we're not. <laughs> um, technically not. Legally, I don't think so. Uh, I mean, we are, but, you know, like technically. Did you see yeah. the Ukrainian, I don't know if it was propaganda minister, where they're speaking in English. It's like their English translator saying that they will hunt down people that have made Russian, like pro-Russian propaganda on the internet. I don't know if they're saying like, hey, by the way, we're going to try and come kill Americans that have talked shit about Ukraine during this conflict. Well, they, got, they got enough migrants and refugees to uh, possibly make that happen. There's, but There's a lot of people that are that are bummed out with uh, people like Hinkle and like uh, that uh, other big uh monk or uh big gorilla looking dude the uh the dude at the beard the oh. infrared guy i don't know what is not i he's uh i know the maga communist sounds guy. Like a yeah he's a maga he's a he's the big he's the big dude with the big beard the maga communist guy <laughs> oh guys here what the guy was here or no no the other guy oh okay the big dumb one. Maga, I know you're talking big about. dumb one. maga communist <laughs> the maga communist big dumb you know what the hell is MAGA communism? Yeah, that's there are exactly people who right. are like somehow both a Trump supporter and a communist, which doesn't really make sense. No, and I think it's mean. actually born of ignorance. Yeah, like or a for, well, well, communists are dumb to begin with. Yeah, they they are not. It is it is you almost communism is probably three percent intelligent individuals trying to manipulate a group of people for political power, and then ninety seven percent first order thinkers who have no idea what the fuck they're talking about or where food comes from. Mm -hmm. True believers. And, and so then, they just march and lockstep behind the priestesses and priests of their cult and just do as they're told. And I got to imagine that the 3% are totally willing to turn on each other when they get power. 100%. Absolutely. Like, like, if you look at what Stalin did, he just murked. Do you think Stalin poisoned and killed Lenin? Uh, I mean, I don't know. I I don't know. And I don't I don't really have a feeling Lenin either way. They're both awful. I mean, so it's kind of, you know. Degrading. Lenin yeah. just got sick and died all of a sudden, and then Stalin was like, all right, I guess I'm in charge now. I mean, I know he killed a lot of people that were behind him, like the people lower than him on the rungs. I know I don't know if he killed uh, Lenin to get into into his position, but, you know, the, uh, like, Khrushchev was, went and exposed all of Stalin's crimes. So I don't understand how people actually call themselves, you know, Stalinists nowadays. It's yeah, like, it's look, crazy. Look, like, the, Khrushchev literally told the whole like all of the soviets that the, it was a it was a late at night see a uh, secret speech it was called and he went and and it was, it was he talked about the cult of personality and how marx was like uh, he said that marx had told them to not get involved in cult of personality stuff mm -hmm. and yeah. that's what so made it. stalin so powerful is he the people were were actually kind of worshiping him and you know he's slaughtering Russians all the time killing Ukrainians um and Khrushchev admitted it Khrushchev was like this is what happened you know and and that was part of why the Soviet Union started to have some kind of uh opening up and the the actual you know the murders and stuff started to end it came to a close because Stalin was no longer in power and Khrushchev admitted what he right. did but still bringing that back to George's economy though do you think um, I mean, when it comes to Brian Kemp, do you think that he just expects the Republican Party to just be in a wreckage after they go after Trump and for him and whatever this new breed of neocons to just basically pick up afterwards and, you know, kind of these status people, quo? These people are insane. Yeah. Brian, Brian, like Republicans have always been the underdogs relative to Democrats. There's two mm -hmm. parties. Republicans are smaller. Republicans win when they would convince independents. That's it. But many of these people were already like Democrat leaning individuals and they had to pull really hard. If these people think they're going to muster up anything, 
when Trump has built a, a better and bigger coalition, right. they're fucking out of their minds. Well, they've, they've I hate these been, people. Yeah, they've always been nuts. I mean, these were the same people that, that thought that if they just uh, got rid of uh, Saddam Hussein in Iraq, that all of a sudden they could put Iraqi exile. I might Ahmed Chalabi in there and, you know, everything would run as normal because apparently Shiites, you know, love Jordanian blood or some crazy stuff like they've never understood you know, people and, you know, they've literally screwed up every opportunity they had to overtake the Democrats. So I, I don't know if they, they they're planning this or they just suck at calibrating. I, I'm still not sure which one it is. The Republican Party you're talking about? Yes. Well, it's not a monolith, well, I guess, but it asks neocons actually to be to be exact. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. Least. I'm all for someone, you know, starting their own thing. But I don't know, man, party party loyalty when we start talking party loyalty is when my, I start to get concerned. But that's why it, that's what, what happened. It broke. Democrats are losing the younger generation. Republicans are losing the younger generation. And that's why you see leftist populists and right-wing populists. Now, I happen to think that the left-wing populists are mostly just first-order thinkers. Like I said, you're relatively ignorant people who don't pay attention. And the challenge we've, we, we're faced with is, you know, you've got like anti-communist libertarian over here, Phil, who can tell you all about this stuff he's researched, why he feels the way he does. And then he'll, if, if Phil was to have an argument with one of these liberals, they're going to be like, no, no, no. And it's like, OK, like there's no conversation to be had. It happens. I tell people I'm all the time. I'm like, look, we're actually in the middle. We're going through a cultural revolution. It's slower here in the U.S. than it was in China, but we're going through one here. And it's a lot like what happened in China constantly people are like no we're not what are you talking about you're yeah, crazy yeah. Blah, blah, blah. all the while out in california i just the other day i was re- i retweeted something one of the again it's it was an on the ground like uh activist you know organizer kind of person straight up communist we're communists like there was no no balking no no parsing words we're communists straight up if you're gonna go ahead and announce we're communists you are an enemy of the country because you are an enemy of the principles that our country's founded on how go ahead ahead. i was gonna say how we got to the point where the 1964 civil rights act exempts human rights to communists to the point where now people are waving communist flags i'm not saying people of the communist persuasion should be denied human rights i'm just saying we that's a huge shift we should at least be like hey it's not okay to be a communist like yes you can believe that stuff it's like, I'm not going to, I'm not going to stop you from e- eating at a restaurant because you're a communist, but we're not voting for you. We will criticize you and we will shun you. Just like Nazis. Yes. They're yeah, just like Nazis. I, people. Hammer, the, sickle and swastika. It's like the same thing to me. Yeah. They both, there's evil, sub, mm-hmm. evil Crossing. signals. Just get rid of them. Absolutely. I could not agree any more than I do. Yeah. The, the idea that, that communists are somehow an acceptable uh, or communism is somehow it's an weird. acceptable type of, of organiz- organization yeah. for your side is ridiculous. You have to brainwash people. But the bro- you don't have, you can't allow people to say, I don't want to, if you're in a communist society. Right. But the problem is communism and Nazism by, you know, just their core philosophy. Those are in stage sort of, you know, okay, we screwed up guys type movements. So yeah, the system has to be broken up and it has to be to a point where one side can't govern in order for one to take hold with Nazism, it was because again, you know, after, uh, Weimar. you know, yeah, after Weimar, Weimar Germany, Weimar, after yeah. uh, literally Churchill kept the blockade in place for eight months and they were starving and they signed that horrible treaty. It was like, everybody was pissed and he went, and then Wilson wouldn't even let the militarists sign it. So they were pissed off. That's how they got Nazism. Whereas again, with, um, 
you know, communism, it was the fact that Wilson went ahead and bribed the, you know, Kerensky and his revolutionary government to stand a war long after they were well done with it. And they were going to say, hey, we'll end it as is. And they stayed in the war and basically ruined their whole economy. And then that's what led to Lenin. Both yeah, of these yeah. things yeah. are when the system breaks down, which is where they're trying to drive the United States to. Yep. So they can be they can be like mm-hmm. the the shining bastion or this big light of yep. like all this truth and order and et cetera. And, and they they've got expiration like dates. Yeah, yeah. With the Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Dude, I was just reading about this Kerensky guy you mentioned, Alexander Kerensky, and he yeah. was the head of the provincial Russian government. There's yeah. a short-lived Russian republic. Yep. Yeah. So, yeah, so right. the empire, the there was a revolt, a republic formed for three months, and then that was overthrown by the Bolsheviks. Mm-hmm. Yeah, was that was what. Time. Yeah, that was what allowed the Bolsheviks in because again, he he kept the war going. He took all of the like uh, it was like a three hundred fifty million dollar loan from the United States. There was all these extra guns, yeah. boots, and weapons deals that were shipped there, and they were ready in the World War One. If they would end right. World War One right there. Again, the Germans had already came to an agreement with the French. They were going to lay down their arms. They were going to say, okay, you know what? It is what it is. We're done. But instead, they kept it going. And then after the yeah. Germans laid down their arms, Winston Churchill kept the blockade in place, starved them, used it as leverage to drive them to sign a terrible treaty and then split Germany up, which gave rise to Hitler. And totally. Stalin came uh, off exactly. the backs of Lenin. Exactly. Yeah. And so literally Wilson, he screwed, he gave us the whole Nazis versus commies thing. That's how those idea, ideologies well, that's why they came. said the Bolsheviks, like you literally hear the Nazis saying like we're anti-Bolshevikism. Mm-hmm. I wonder, the war. I wonder if in a hundred years they're going to be saying things like the United States was pressing their, their uh, military lines in Europe up against the border of Russia. Mm-hmm. Russia kept saying, don't do this. It's a yeah. violation mm-hmm. of the treaties we had in the past. Yeah. And then. When Russia tried having a peace agreement, the West sent in one of their prime ministers to break that up, which eventually led to the assassination of diplomat so-and-so in, yep. in Poland, which sparked a wave. And then Joe Biden declared war. And, you know, yeah, yep. yeah, that's usually how it happens. We blunder ourselves into 90 percent of this stuff. And that's exactly I mean, that's but where you know, we're at. That's a scary thing. Let me let me let me tell you a story. Right, I just read this story about a guy. He's going to he, he's going to prison because he got into a bar fight, killed the other guy. Two guys were yelling at each other. One guy started a fight, took a swing at the other guy or something like that. One guy falls back, hits his head, died. The dude leaves the bar, gets found later, and they say, the man you punched is dead. You're going to prison. Probably for, for 20 years or some, or for maybe four manslaughter or something. Mm-hmm. That's like, you could scale that up into war, right? Russia does a thing. The U.S. says, fuck you, back off. He says, I'm not fucking, fuck you. And then they're like, you motherfucker, don't you make me do it. And then Russia's like, fuck you, I'm going to send in my job. I'm taking it. And then a fight breaks out and then someone ends up dead. Exactly. But someone, it's nations, it's borders, it's hundreds of thousands. Well, sometimes it can be just one person. Sometimes that's all it takes. uh, France France Ferdinand. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, that's that's the problem. And we talk about this all the time. It's like, where's the off ramp? It's not a matter of, oh, they wouldn't do this. You have no way of knowing (laughs) What could happen? Like, nobody believed that World War I was going to start. 
Like yeah, every, yeah. if you talk to, if you read history and stuff, like there was like, people didn't believe that there was going to be a war. They didn't, there was, there was not yeah, this huge, you know, tension between, you know, blah, 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 and skirmishes and stuff and da, 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 da. That one dude shot Franz Ferdinand yeah. and he was an anarchist. He shot Franz up. Ferdinand and then all hell broke loose. People started taking sides and blah, blah, blah. And next thing you know, the whole world is thrown into war. That is absolutely a possibility now mm -hmm. there that is without a question a possibility and we need to be able to figure out a way to prevent it to say that we know that it's not going to happen you have to have the war in ukraine stop it could uh it could be internal yeah one of the things that was so alarming about what new mexico tried to do is that the american revolution began because they tried to seize guns that's it there was no it was not a declaration of independence it was not an armed faction saying we hereby declare that we will not be oppressed. It was a bunch of farmers, a small group saying, fuck your rules and fuck you. And the crown saying you are in a state of rebellion. And they were like, well, you can't do anything about it. Fuck off. And then they were like, they went to the regulars, effectively the National Guard and the police combined because they didn't have police back then. So the regulars are like the enforcers of law. Let's just a bit more, more akin to cops. And they said, go and take their guns away. They, are, they do not have the authority to, to control anything. And they walked over and these militias were like out of our cold dead hands. Shooting began. 18 militiamen die. One redcoat dies. And, and at the time, it wasn't the battle of Lexington and Concord. It wasn't the Revolutionary War. It was, oh shit, more fighting is breaking out. Yeah. It changed the sentiment in this country to fighting will never happen to holy shit fighting is started. Exactly. Did you yeah. get a look at who fired the shot heard around the world? Was it a British guy or an American guy? Let's uh it's still contended. Think, yeah, no, no one, one really knows, knows but yeah. so, all of a sudden could have been a false flag, who knows? I mean, but that, someone yeah. fired a bullet and then the shot started going. Alexander Green. Yeah. It could have been anyone. Yeah. The shot heard around the world. And that's what makes it so freaking crazy because I mean false flag everything that literally kicked off the most poignant events in history could have been a false flag. You don't know. You don't know who did what. You don't like at some point the U.S. government literally operated off of false flags. Yeah, and true. So it's I mean, they've like, definitely done it before. Mm -hmm. Like Spanish-American War. You yep. talk about um, so Gulf of Tonkin. Yeah. So this is interesting. Before the battles at Lexington and Con uh, Concord, there was Minutemen who had been attacked by British soldiers who uh, opened fire and then uh, made a bayonet charge. Oh, so that, I'm sorry, uh, it wasn't 18. It was eight Americans were killed. Whoa. So the Americans quit nice. the field. A British continued their march. A British soldier suffered a flesh wound from a shot from an unknown source. I think, wait, that may be the Battle Green, not not uh, the Battle of Lexington. That's Lexington Battle Green. Interesting. <sighs> Historic town. Or was that was that what they were referring to? I okay, think, no, no, no. They were, they were quite, yeah. an earlier encounter at Lexington. Right, okay. They're quite literally referring to uh, the whole conflict. So the shot heard around the world was not the one. Well, that's, that's weird. They're basically saying the British opened fire on the Minutemen who then fled. Yeah. Saying the British shot first. Yeah. Mm -hmm. From what it from what it says in this. And, just, and, just, and no consensus, it may so. be that uh, there already are a bunch of militias in this country. There always have been. There always will be. It's like, that's what this country started on. Right. And when I see what happens in New Mexico and the government says, we're taking your guns away in this area and a bunch of guys show up saying no. The only, the only thing that kept the line was when the police said, I, I don't know about all this. <laughs> if the cops came out or if the, if imagine if the governor called in the National Guard and said, I want you to go and remove these people and take their guns. Then bad shit happens. The sheriff, dude, was so legit. And I believe that was the sheriff, the, the duly elected sheriff of, of uh, 
New Mexico was like, I don't want more violence. We don't want street yeah. violence. We don't want political violence on top of what we already it. got, which is enough violence. People trying to take people's guns and getting shot like on the street, trying to grab someone's gun. Fuck no. That was an acceleration. This is wet dream. Yeah, like, literally. Because <laughs> it could it could have went pear shaped very quickly. Gas on the fire. Like, that's failure of imagination. Like, right yeah. there is like, how quickly does New Mexico devolve where you get? You know, number one, the feds could have sent somebody in, uh, sent people in in MAGA hats, and they could have been like, you know what, we're going to a Governor Whitmer again and try and, you know, pull that off. And then next thing you know, you've literally set the country back politically about, oh, my God, like it, it really could have got bad. Like, I'm I'm actually happy we resolved that. Yeah. Seeing the sheriff, the attorney general, the citizens themselves all stand up against it. It was like, yo, fucking legit. And that's, it's a litmus test, and it's also a form of inoculation. Like, we are testing ourselves and training ourselves of how to resist this kind of stuff. I hate to do it to you guys, but we have to do it. We have to do it. From the Independent. <laughs> no. Alien corpses shown to Congress as UFO expert forced to testify under oath. I thought this was, like, in Mexico or so something. So did I. Yeah, it is. Jamie, uh, the guy's name is Jamie Mousson. Mousson. But what are, what are they? This is a, this report from the Independent yeah, the says Congress. Yeah, oh, okay, Mexican, Mexican Congress. Congress. Okay, yeah. okay. There Do they have? <laughs> it, it looks like Yoda. Looks dude, like dude, it's paper a piece of clay, dude. man. Yeah, yeah like what is clay. it? Fuck. Look at the skin, like that. That's there's not no a... skin. It's a piece. It's a chunk of clay. They just yeah. It's took a little like clay. thick. I is so stupid. I looked. This is the... this is trending all day. The guy's the aliens name, are here. Jamie Mousen. I looked him up. It, it says he's a a hoaxer on wikipedia not that wikipedia is legit in any any fashion but he's known as being a hoaxer but th if i if i look up like randall carlson it'll tell me he's a hoaxer you know so he's like a legit mm -hmm. scientist so i don't know jesus christ like is this where we've devolved to where it's like literally we have some of the most pivotal times going like an impeachment inquiry into the actual sitting president that and that you know comes after the other president that was impeached and now it's being prosecuted and they're just like look aliens there we go <laughs> guys and it's like eventually we're going to have so many more pivotal moments to the point where we're going to no. run out of stuff to talk you, about you aliens. know what i think this is were there any scandals in mexico today or yesterday yeah. no not that i know i i'm wondering if like the Mexican government, <laughs> seeing what the Democrats were doing, <laughs> were like, that's actually a really good fucking idea. <laughs> that shit worked in America. Yeah, and then a scandal ups, and they're like, let's let's just do aliens. Oh and so God. they get some like little old lady to mold some like clay <laughs> little figures. Like, Abuela, can you, can you go ahead and do that? It's literally what it looks like. Uh, what, what else is that? What else you gonna say that is? I can't believe that they're actually saying these are li that's these crazy. were living creatures. Like they they well, literally found like clay dolls. It, our, your best case interpretation is these were just made by some dude a thousand years ago who was like molding clay. Yeah, I mean, like, and your worst case scenario is they literally made them the other day to cover something up. I feel yeah. like if I mean if if Mexico was a serious country and they had these, like the first thing they would be doing is like, all right, time to open them up and see what's inside. But they're, not, they're dead, right. but they're not. I mean, come on, they're look at this. State, they though. say X-rays of the specimen were shown during the hearing which ex with with experts testifying That's an under MRI. Oath, that one of the bodies has <laughs> listen listen under oath they said one of the bodies is seen to have eggs inside uh, how come aliens dude. always have to be like really small little things like this you know like 
because mm. it costs less to make. Yeah. Right. <laughs> <laughs> well, we didn't want to pay for the big one. They're in yeah, Argo State, man. Probably costs a lot already. And now, we, at least now we know why the aliens lock their doors when they fly by Earth, man. Those guys are, <laughs> yeah, so those guys are defenseless. <laughs> like God, we a, a, a Chihuahua could have murked one of them. Like, well, but you know, it's it's like it's 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 sort of when you're driving through a safari. You ever see that? There's a video that came out recently. I think it's old where this man and the woman are driving mm-hmm. and then the woman and the man get into an argument. So the woman gets out of the car and then a lion just grabs yeah. the wife and drags her off. And the yeah, husband gets out like, Oh, what do I do? It's like, dude, your wife's dead. <laughs> I don't I don't know, dude. Like it's fucked. I know it's probably scary and it's got it. But bro, like if your wife isn't, is surrounded by lions and she decides to get out of the car, like, I don't tell you, this is the, the lesson that these aliens got to learn, man. Yeah, when you're man. flying by earth, the humans may look cute and cuddly, <laughs> But they're big and they're vicious. <laughs> There's some rough parts, man. They could have encountered a flex-sized human and you could have just been hungry and it could have been curtains for, uh, you know, I don't know what they're going yeah. through. I don't know if one of these aliens was about to get married. I don't know if one had a quinceanera <laughs> or something. They were stopping by Mexico to get some new sombreros and like it just went like, I don't know, man. Those Aztec warriors or something. It's, yeah. it's nuts. Oh, so these are apparently fossils. Right, yeah. a thousand year old fossils. From so I was Brian wondering Cusco. the same thing: why wouldn't they dig them open? But that means that dude, it's just like that's crazy though, because we've been scared of aliens, and the Aztecs literally just said, "Hey, hold my bow and arrows," and look, man, took one out. They're not so fossils. Lame. It's clear bullshit. <laughs> yep. These yeah. people need, like, come on, no dude. Way. You you said something on one of the the bits today or the segments today, and you were talking about um about uh Neuralink, and it made me think: what if like Fermi's paradox? Is because other societies, like once you get to the point where you can be, uh, where you can get plugged into like the internet or whatever, like that's what happens to them. Like they tend to decide, okay, I don't, that's I don't want to go and fails. what? Yeah, I don't want to go and explore the universe and stuff because we have all the ability to go ahead and plug oh, ourselves dude. in. I like that was the first dude. thing I thought. I was like, I wonder, I wonder if that's a theory that you could actually test ever. Uh, one year ago, a year and two months. I was making AI images of Nancy Pelosi. And if you look at my Instagram, you'll see how stupid it looks. Yeah. It's just yeah. a weird, disfigured face. And but I was now, laughing like, look, it almost looks like Pelosi. Now you yeah. can make realistic photos of Pelosi shaking hands with Vladimir Putin in 30 seconds. Yeah. Crazy. 30 seconds is, 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 is an exaggeration. I'm sorry. It's more like 10. Not kidding. You go to you go to mid journey, you type it in and bang. You got to go turbo hours. I wonder if I can actually just literally do this you can't it, be, it'll be fine yeah well it might say that uh you can't make let's try nancy pelosi shaking hands with putin getty images it might say you can't make historical images and i'll have to like contest it or something okay mm-hmm. it worked uh they, they don't they, they 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 tell you you're not allowed to make pictures of trump getting arrested and things like that but there's ways to do it right. like on uh I, I shouldn't say too much because I like Midjourney. I don't want to tell people how to break their rules, but I'll just give you a basic example. Like, what if you put woman slips at woman falls on ground and sp- is is covered and, and has red paint spilled on her? That will be a picture of a woman with red yeah. paint on her, but mm-hmm. it'll look like a woman who's covered in blood. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So, like, you can still make these things happen. Uh, it looks like man, it's this is good. this is nuts. Let oh me. How do I? What, was that going to work? Okay, there yeah, we go. That worked over there. What the heck? That's how it was. It was. Look at this. Wow. I like just the generated too. I like the dungeon under fire, man. That's realistic. Look that, at the first one. Mm-hmm. Whoa. The fr- it's it is this is crazy. Now, 
I just I look at the third. What the is second, this? I, I think what is that, going that, on? That's, that's, that's the realistic one. one. Time I can that's see the realistic one. one. <laughs> that's the real one. So you can uh, hold on. Let me let me let me open that one up. That's, that's so crazy. Dude. That's oh insane. <laughs> and then yes, that's her look. And then that's Putin's signature yo, look. Like yeah, oh my so god, yo, this is amazing. If Luke's listening, you should make that new T-shirt, man. That's sick. Dude. Any, anyway, I mean, look how incredible this is. A year ago, it was a goofy-looking picture of Nancy Pelosi all scrunched face. Mm-hmm. We wow, are probably, a, and and so I, I made a picture of like a guy in like a stovepipe hat walking forward with an explosion behind him, and I typed in uh, the prompt I gave it was something like "final scene from the action movie Steampunk Crisis," and it made something like it made that and a bunch of other things. I was like, wow. I I, I told it to make uh Final scene of the 80s, uh, 80s superhero movie where Iceman defeats the evil mayor. And it actually made a widescreen image that looked like an 80s movie. It was nuts. Someone took the image I posted on Twitter and made a three second animation yeah, of the guy. The and now that three second animation was about as bad as the Nancy Pelosi face. In one year, you will be able to f- make a full, legitimate, like realistic looking video, probably it's all, the only issue is going to be the, how long it takes to render. Mm-hmm. You'll probably be able to go into mid journey and be like a 30 second video of Nancy Pelosi doing a perfect back handspring or round off back layout. And then it will make that video and you'll be like, damn, which means we are probably only a few years away from the cessation of video games, movies, books and entertainment, music, etc. I'm sorry, Phil. I don't I don't need you to record anything for me because I'm going to be <laughs> I'm going to say to the AI, um, make me a hit song. By all that remains, and it will just take your music style, take the top 40s, it will take all the biggest, best metal songs, and it will make a song, you singing it, in yeah. three seconds. Yep. And then I'll be like, oh, hey, here, here's a song in the style of Phil Abanti. <laughs> then what happens is, I'll say, make me a song that's, make me a, a heavy metal song, top major hit, super entertaining, and combine the voices of the top three heavy metal lyric, uh, vocalists. And then you've got a totally unique product. It's yours. Mm-hmm. You're going to be able to do that with video games. You're, we're playing Baldur's Gate. No, nah, it doesn't even matter. You're going to say, make me a video game where it's D&D based and the villain is a giant octopus from outer space trying to take over the world. Wow. And it will render everything because mm-hmm. the basic yeah. mechanics of the video games already exist. I wonder if you could just say, make me Baldur's Gate 4. And it, yep. it knows. Done. So we can get the next Half-Life? Yes. Thank <laughs> God. Question. Bro, but think about where this goes. You're so man, the things people are not considering the economy. How does the economy exist in a world like this with automation? It's an investor economy. People have talked about how, how what are we going to do when Taco Bell has replaced all its employees with robots? It's called Robin Hood. You download the app. And what's going to happen is people are going to get they're going to make money from some odds and ends here and there because you'll, there'll be tips. There'll be busking. There will be social media. Mm-hmm. And then you're going to start putting those in different accounts and stocks Taco Bell still turns a profit. You will be a part owner of Taco Bell and you will get a dividend every month for Taco Bell's profits because you are buying into it. You're staking essentially mm-hmm. Taco Bell coin or something like that. All automated. Some Rip people down. will still have to do work, but people will mostly make money through investments. The rich people will be those who are smart enough to predict the future in what companies right. will do better. And poor people will be like, well, you know, I get by. Mm-hmm. Here's the crazier thing. Neuralink does not have to be surgically implanted. No. What all they need to do, you think about how the AI works, how these 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 machines work. They brute force. They take all the information available and they start amalgamating it. Then they start mapping it and figuring out what is and what isn't. And it, over a long enough period of time, they figured it out. They can, I I, I it, 
I, I do not see why this would be unreasonable, transmit a signal into your into your brain. And all they have to do is get the brain scans of every human on Earth and then let an AI figure it out. And then what do they do? The AI will figure out uh, a basic algorithm for writing code to in, to to uh, to connect, interact with your brain wirelessly. Yeah. And so I used to think you wouldn't be able to do Neuralink because everyone's brain is a unique code. We're all, we're all snowflakes. We run, we run on a comp, similar operating system, but it's built from the ground up. A computer is going to be able to brute force through to figure out how to map your brain and then figure out how the programming works. And it's going to be able to do it very, very quickly. And once they have enough data on the human brain, they can they can create a program that can simplify, basically compress a bunch of the basic code functions and then write to your brain. When that happens, people won't live in houses anymore and they'll eat bugs yeah. and they'll be happy. You know why? Yeah. Because you're not going to go to a restaurant. You're going to you're, you're going to you're going to go home. For whatever reason you went outside, which is going to be rare, mm. you're going to go into your pod, sit down and put your head back, and then the wireless plate touching your neck will transmit a signal into your brain, and you'll blink, and you'll be inside your mansion. Eating, eating steak eating while you steak and filet mignon, Oscar style with, with charred uh, garlic, oh, delicious, all you can eat. People are going to be in the real world being like, yeah, you eat bugs, but who cares? Exactly. I don't see bugs. I see a creme brulee cheesecake. Mm -hmm. I don't I don't see how we get we get past this. These these images that we've been able to generate are so fucking nuts. Yeah. In one year's time, how do how, how does anything other than this happen? It makes me wonder if people are actually going to be able to like survive in a totally uh created world like that. Now, my gut is they probably will. Like, I don't imagine that in the long term, they're not going to be able to decode how your brain works, right? So I, I think that there might be problems in the beginning. Like a lot of people, like the way that they described it in the Matrix, people rejecting it because there's something that they, you know, somehow they know it's not real or whatever. And there's It's still, not going to be by force. They, yeah. People are going to want it. But, but listen, listen, the, the computer... There's there's no rejection. The computer will 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 brute force your brain. What I mean what I mean is um I wonder if people are going to find meaning because I the the big problem in society or the big problem people seem to think uh, that's going on in society is there's a lack of meaning. So a a secular society does, without religion and stuff people ha are are you know don't have meaning and that's part of why people think that there's so many suicides nowadays. And I wonder if in a you know virtual reality inside your own head kind of thing if people will accept that and say it's good enough or if they're still gonna feel like i don't have meaning because my children are actually virtual reality my girlfriend is virtual reality all of the things that mean something to me aren't actually real and i wonder if that will matter but or if got, it's just going to fill the need. You know what I mean? Yeah. But you got to think about what hacking somebody's brain, like literally brute forcing it actually means. Like we're nothing but a couple of reactions that are triggered by electrical signals that can either come from touching something physically yeah. that runs through innervations through our spine and up into our brain. Like it's just neurotransmitters and chemicals being secreted. So if they can mimic the stimuli that creates that sensation, eventually it can override your sense of memory. Because you got to think we're literally computers like, like it's to the point where when you think about a computer chip, 
that computer chip before we discovered miniaturization could only hold so much data. Now think about your brain. Your brain can only hold so much data, memories, yeah. and you can only advance it so much. You you are literally the sum of your memories. And if you can generate memories through basic sensations and basic feedback mechanisms, then AI has all the time in the world to do that. Yeah. It can literally sit around and, you know, pro- process combinations, process common, you know, look at like inputs and different just virtual simulations of inputs and what uh, you know what secretion does this do you know does this um you know does this affect your serotonin output does this affect your dopamine like how do dopaminergic is a sensation to this person yeah. what's this person's personality type like and it can quantify what types of personalities react to what and it just try it out and try it out yeah, and the so algorithm fast. refines itself and yeah. you know it's to the point now it's like they talk about regulating ai how do you regulate ai when it grows at a curve that's exponential you don't even know what it can do and what it can't yeah, do seriously. so Would it's you, like oh not, not only that imagine you get the, the the neural link doesn't need to be surgically implanted and so mm-hmm. what, what happens is you say i'm gonna go work a job at the gas station you know because they need or like you know insert tedious job you attach the wireless Neuralink node oh. to the back of your neck, mm-hmm. and then in your mind, you're hanging out playing video games with your buddies, and your body is fixing tires. And you like know, you whatever. said, if if it doesn't have to be surgery, I'd bet everybody it, does. It, 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 it doesn't have to be. Yeah. I I imagine the only the first thing we have to do is build the hardware that can transmit signals to the brain, which I believe we already it, have. It exists. They, it's, yeah. They're little EEG patches. Right. So it's like, you know, normally when you stay in a, uh, normally when you have something called epilepsy, you know, you've got t- different types of seizures. You've got absence seizures. You've got grand mal seizures. You've got the tonic clonics, basically. And it's like, they have to stick electrodes onto specific portions of your brain that run parallel to each other. So what they do is they just stick, they use conducting gel, just stick a, uh, you know, a conducting electrode. It's going to have to be more advanced than that. They've got wireless right. versions. Yeah, they've now yeah. got wireless versions that can actually do it. So th- I think they're going to have to map out millions or tens of millions of brains mm-hmm. so that they can give the AI a basic model to start experimenting yeah. with to see like, you need to record a person's uh, uh you, you need a lot of data for this. So I don't know how, how, how soon we can get to this point, but it is possible. What you need to do is you would need everyone to record their brain scans, their, their neural activity, while explaining what it is they're doing and how they're doing it. Then the AI would correlate a person's acti- actions, activities, desires mm-hmm. with the things being seen in the brain, compare all of the millions of brains, and then figure out okay, 83%, you know, 83.2% chance that this means I'm hungry and this means I'm tired and then start mapping that out. Eventually it becomes better and better and better. I think we're a bit ways away from something like that, but I think we're two or three years away from me sitting down at my PlayStation or the new, the new console is going to be called Otherworld and there's no games made for it. They like Roblox is already at the point where it's like you make a game. Yeah. We're going to be at the point where the Otherworld other world console is plugged in and then you just simply say uh i want to play a uh man what do i want to play i want to play a platformer like mario uh yeah give me a game like mario and then it'll just make it yeah and then you'll be like this is boring uh give me a first person shooter with zombies and then it will be like rendering and mm-hmm. then it will make the whole game and for a little bit more they'll actually customize it they'll say oh for a little bit more you can import your data from all your social media networks all your biometric yep. feedback devices mm-hmm. and we can create the per- a perfect game for you one new game every week where we are now right now it is possible to make a game where you have an ai 
AI girlfriend, completely indistinguishable from a real person. So here's the issue. All of these robo girlfriends on mobile apps are like bullshit chatbots. If they were to utilize chat GPT, then you would be dealing with some scary ass shit. So they could make a video game. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. Laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. And we talked about this before. You can call on your phone. You download the app and you press it. And it connects to their server where your digital friend, significant other or whatever is there. And you can say, hey, what did you do all day? And they'll be like, ah, I've been fighting dragons. That's it's like, oh, okay, cool. I'll be back in a little bit. And we'll fight dragons together. And then you're playing a video game where you're wearing a headset and you see this character who's talking to you like a real person. I mean, I'm stoked for this. I'm stoked for them to implement this. And it's going to happen. In uh, imagine, not, probably not this uh, GTA, but I always thought about how cool it would be. You know, in GTA, the people have the same lines they say over and over again. Yeah, Imagine if they incorporated ChatGPT awesome. into oh GTA. Yeah. You could run up to someone and they say completely unique things to you it, every time. Depending on how, I want to integrate how long it takes you to respond. Because if you're standing there looking at someone, they're going to be like, what are you looking at? What the if fuck's I, wrong with you? And they'll get more aggro the I longer you that. act weird. Yeah, I'd yeah. love to start integrating that kind of thing into it, games. It, it, it could easily, and I mean, it could easily happen. I don't know if you guys have saw it, but there's like this little simulation where is, they use Pokemon level sprites. <laughs> and, but it runs off of AI, and eventually these people, like these little sprites, basically each one was assigned a specific ID, and they started creating like a little society and doing their own little thing, going to visit each other, having parties, all using just sort of an AI model to do so. What game is it? it it's not it a game. It's just it's a project. And so, do you know what it's called? I cannot remember. Pokemon Sprite Project. I want to do a hard segue to cover one last segment before we go to our callers, because we'll do callers instead of Super Chats. But we have this from KnoxNews.com. Oh, this. Yep. Uh, So Oliver Anthony is in some kind of like, there's like some scandal going on where basically he had this show at, it's a venue called Cotton Eyed Joe, and it got canceled. And then he came out and said it was because of ticket prices being too high. But there's some interesting stuff going on. And I'm going to tell you right away. Uh, I think the dude's cool, but I think, look, man, when you take someone from humble beginnings and put them on a slingshot straight to the moon, some shit gets fucked up real quick. Yeah. So Knox News reports this, uh, uh, the show was canceled. He said a new one. It's already sold out, but I've got a couple posts that I, that I want to highlight. Chris Burton posted this video from Oliver Anthony. Oliver Anthony cancels Cotton Eye Joe show citing 90 to $200 tickets. He said, my shows should never cost more than 40 bucks, ideally no more than 25. Okay, so when I saw this right away, I was like, this is what happens, and I mean no disrespect, when somebody who's never been in the industry is launched right into it and is shocked to discover why prices cost so much. It's because that's how much it costs. The immediate assumption people had is, like Oliver Oliver Anthony's attitude is, hey man, I, I, I normally charge $25 for my shows. Yeah, my friend, dude, your shows were like 50 people in a small a small right. bar. If you're talking about a 1,550-person 1, venue, it's going to get crazy in this. But here's what breaks down. He made another video clarifying. Cotton Eye Joe posts this. They said, it's a damn shame 
what the world's gotten to for the customers of the world famous Cotton Joe. Most times we say a show has been canceled due to circumstances beyond our control. Well, we are canceling the Oliver Anthony show under our full control. All refunds will be made in the next few business days to our original form of payment to to uh, your original form of payment. The North Man of Richmond is that that's interesting. What a weird know. one. Yeah, it's weird. Con- uh, contracted to play the Cotton Eyed Joe for one hundred twenty thousand dollars for 60 minutes. After doing the math and knowing we could only hold approximately 1,500 people, paying, paying the ticket website their fee to sell the tickets, paying the tax man, opening the Joe on a closed night, we set the ticket price to break even and bring out uh, bring our customers a show we thought would be fun to our talent agency and promoter friends that follow us. Be careful booking the North Man of Richmond. They locked the post and Oliver Anthony issued this statement. He said, Cotton Eye Joe claims we are charging people $120,000 per show. They have since turned the comments off, but I want to clarify, the most I've ever made on a show is $35,000. We've had two shows in NC that were completely free, and another show that was scheduled September 23rd in Kentucky for a cancer benefit. All right, I'm going to tell you exactly what I think right now before we jump into this, because Phil's got tons of experience in this kind of stuff. If uh, The question is, did Oliver Anthony charge $120K for one show? His answer, the most I've ever made on a show is $35,000. I'm sorry, that's not the question we asked. We didn't ask you, how much money have you made off one show? We asked you, the question is, did you charge this much? I think the answer is yes. Here's what I think happens. Oliver Anthony said he wanted to bring in his buddy to do his booking. And uh, I imagine his buddy booked this event and they say, you know, how much How much does uh, Oliver Anthony want for, for, for this night? And he says, $120,000 is his going rate right now. And they said, all right, we can make that happen. They set the ticket prices accordingly. If you were to, if you were to take, uh, so a, a venue is going to have 80 to 90% of their tickets are going to be 90 bucks. So the 90 to 200 range is overwhelmingly going to be $90, $90 because those are like standing room and, and, and some seats. VIP is going to be a small amount. I did the math on this. 1,500 people at that price, it's going to come out to, uh, I think, like $150,000. If Oliver Anthony's charging 120 k then they got to pay taxes, fees, and everything. Break even sounds about right. I think Oliver Anthony's crew made the mistake of not realizing what it meant to charge that much money, then probably had a backlash in charging so much for the show, said, no, we don't do that. So the venue cancels, and now they're they're in over their head. But I'm curious your thoughts, Phil. I don't know um, what his situation is. <clears throat> I mean, there is a lot that goes into you know putting on a show. It's not just one dude showing up uh, with a guitar and stuff. I don't know if it, if it likely was just an experience. It likely was somewhere someone said, oh, you know, we should get this kind of money or whatever. They didn't do the math. But you can go to any venue and you can literally do the math as to how many people can yep. fit in, how much you, you know, how much it costs for the overhead for the place, how much all of your staff is going to cost, your security, how much you're going to have to pay your, uh, your, your other bands or whatever, your other acts that are playing. Insurance. All, yeah, all, the and whole the- nine. So th- this venue probably said, we'll break even on this because we're going to sell out and sell booze. Mm-hmm. So it works out for us. And then it means ticket prices are through the roof. And usually artists will go in and they'll try and take as much of the ticket price as they can. Like take, if, I, if, if all that remains can go into a venue and take all the ticket money, we will. Yeah. Like yeah. We'll, we'll be like, this is what we want. You know, we know what it's going to cost. We know what you're going to make. And we know what blah, blah, blah. This is how much we want to play. And we're the entertainment to bring people in and exactly. the booze is yours. Exactly. Right. And, and so, because they're going to make... 10 times what they pay us on booze. So I want everyone, uh, you know, everybody who went to the Austin event, we lost money doing that. We, we, I think we, I think we lost, 
I, I, I want to be careful because numbers are, are serious business. So I don't know the exact amount, but I am pretty sure based on the accounting, we, we probably lost around 10 grand doing that. Uh, we sold tickets. We sold out the show. The tickets were like 130 to 50 bucks expensive. And we, we lost money. Uh, it's not easy to do this stuff. No. And so no. I, I think when you see something like this, these guys forced full speed into the limelight. The first guy to ever break onto the charts at number one with no history ever. Yeah, that's wild. And then he gets his buddy to do his booking. His buddy's probably just like, man, look how much we can charge. And the venue's like, you got it, boss. Mm-hmm. We'll charge it. We know you got the draw. And then they were shocked to find their working class yeah. fans can't afford to pay for it. Why would you, why would he not then be like, okay, I'll take 60,000 instead? Well, the, I mean, if he's already sold the tickets. Right. They have to refund them. Yeah. The, like there's nothing the venue can do. So I bet he went to them and said, hey guys, why is it so expensive? And they said, well, we got we're paying you. It's like, it, it, do the math. Uh, n- we're going to be doing 1,400 tickets at 90 bucks. It's $127,000. We got, we got ticket fees. We got taxes. The VIP stuff is, is only a handful of tickets, maybe like 10 to 20 of them. And then he probably said, okay, I'll take less. Just drop it. And they're like, we would have to refund everybody. Can't and he's work. like, shit. Yeah, that's a nightmare. So that's probably why, because the venue, Cotton Eye Joe, they said they canceled on their own. So yeah. I they- wonder, I wonder if, Look, I hate to rag on the guy, but I wonder if he just went and said, hey, well, you take it too expensive. And they were like, well, that's the cost of how much it's going to do this. And he said, no, I refuse to do the show if you're charging this much. And they said, fine. Yeah. I mean, it, it was definitely I don't I don't imagine that the dude was is like, oh, I'm going to try and cash in and grab 100 grand or, or whatever. Like, like, you know, as if this one show is going to be like the the big cash grab for his life. You know what I mean? Anybody that's got a, a song that that is doing well. The thing you're thinking of is how am I going to make sure that I can follow this up? They're filling it out. Yeah. So yeah. he might be. He, so I I do think that you know it's it's a bad look for him to be charging to, for to cost this much. But I have a feeling that it was all because of inexperienced people being tossed into the deep end right. without knowing how this this the business works. Yeah. So this you is get why your best friend or one of your good yep. friends to do a job they don't know, man. That's- Maduro. In Venezuela, yep. you get a bus driver to run a country. What do you think is going to happen? But this is why you don't hear stories about big rock bands dealing with these kinds of things. It's it's rare. It's unsurprising that a dude who's not used to this level of of you know magnitude is having this issue. I mean, this is what happens. And look, being a booking agent is a massive pain in the dick. Yeah. All right, you have to get you have to like you're literally getting venues all over the place to figure you have to figure out when you can send this person to blah 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 it has to be within a certain amount of distance because you have to be able to make it i don't know if he's got a bus buses have to have a oh, dude, you can only have calls. so much dry uh distance you have to turn it off blah, blah, blah. Uh, Did, all kinds of didn't it. uh queen get electrocuted or was it was that who, which band got electrocuted a lot of bands have gotten electrocuted know, right, <laughs> right so oh, yeah. probably so there's that famous story about the brown m&ms metallica yeah. didn't they get they he got he got caught on fire. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 So let me, let me explain for for people like when we do an event, we're doing Timcast IRL live in Miami. We do it it, it, it. it this is not what it is. It is not. We all fly to Miami, have stage set up, and then do the show. Yeah, no. It is. Uh, what we nine months ago, we sent our events coordinator. Uh, uh, first, our events coordinator started researching venues. Then flew down to Miami to have meetings with several different venues to figure out what can accommodate, how, how many people we can expect to, to bring in, uh, what kind of venue can accommodate our kind of audience, the politics of the matter. 
So we have to spend a couple thousand dollars on travel and accommodation and salary for the individual to go down and do that. Then once we finally do decide on a venue, they want to deposit, which is several thousand dollars more. Then we have to send down tech crew and the coordinator again to start doing prep work and setting up and, and preparing for the technology to figuring out how we're going to set the show, who's going to sit where, what kind of camera is going to be in what position. We have to probably send crew out there back and forth. Uh, uh, and then once we get closer to the event date, here's what else we have to do. In order for us to be able to do it, we need accommodations for our entire crew and the show, Timcast IRL, for the week of the event, which means not only are we paying for the venue, we now have to find a sweet penthouse or house where we can build a temporary podcast studio to host the show for the week, which is then why we have to send out the event coordinator and the tech people once again to build another studio. So it is really difficult to do. When you're talking about these big bands and you're like, hey, we're going to be passing through the city. They've got tour buses. The costs are not just what you see at the venue. So when he's saying like, I need 120K, there's so much other stuff around what this venue has to do outside of what he has to do. It's easy for a dude who's like played small local shows, going to get up his acoustic guitar and sing to be prepared for this, especially if you're coming from humble beginnings. But I think this is what happens when, look, when I first started uh, doing public speaking, I think my rate was like $2,000 to have me come speak somewhere. Why? That's what I was worth. It covered my costs. It was a good amount for a single day's work speaking for two hours. But the agency that repped me had people getting paid $50,000. And I was like, what the fuck? (laughs) Like, how is that person who's not in the press, not getting attention, and doesn't have the demand charging so much more? It was an entirely different experience. These individuals were famous for best-selling books, and they would craft a presentation for the event. And I was a flavor of the month showing up for an hour to talk about what just happened in the press. I learned that lesson. Had I not known it and got invited to speak somewhere like this, I'd be like, I think I should get large sums of cash. And then they'd be like, all right, whatever you say. I never did that, but I'm not surprised it's, it's, it's happened to them. Well, that's because you did mention them. It's concerning when a big superstar brings their friend on to make some money on the Always. side. Like, uh, whatever. I don't know. The let guy. Me, I don't want to judge him. Let me address Recky in the members chat. He said, buy an RV and make it a mobile podcast studio. We have two of those. <laughs> we did it in Austin. We did it in Nashville. And the reason we're not doing it again, then you have to send a crew to drive the vehicle down with a CDL, a commercial driver's license. Yeah. Yup. Because the weight of the RV and the truck exceed the limit for a standard personal recreational vehicle. Yeah. Then we have to put all the equipment inside of it. Yo. Then it's like, you, the, the, dude. yeah, that was, then we got that. We had like much. Alex Jones installed for us because he's a good dude, a, an RV port hookup because we knew we would need power, but we were, we were thinking we'll run extension cables out the windows to power everything. And uh, when Alex saw what we were doing, he was like, I'm going to have my guys come and install an RV plug so that you have you have power throughout the whole unit. And we were like, dude, wow. So only a couple hundred bucks to do. But it was it was an awesome thing to do because we didn't ask him. He just went and did it. We did it in Nashville as well. And for Nashville, there was no RV hookup. We had to run like five extension cables into the Daily Wires building to make this happen. And then we were like, wow, it's probably easier to drive a single truck with the equipment and rent a rent a building. What we're doing now is we're going to rent an actual production studio and then build out a set design for the week. If we want to do these shows where we go on the road, this is why we've only done like two. So we've done one so far. We're doing another one. If we're going to do more of these, this is what is required to be able to have Timcast IRL Monday through Friday, Monday through Thursday in our studio and then Friday live. Mm -hmm. It is incredibly difficult. And 
I, I believe it's fair to say the only reason that we will make money in Miami is because Public Square is fucking awesome Sponsor. and sponsored the event. Yeah. So I think we likely would have lost um, relative to the cost of this event, the tickets and the, sa- and the size of the venue. We would lose a comparable amount of money, which is cool because it means we made a lot more, but we lose money doing it. But I, I think it's important to bring people out so that people can meet each other, schmooze. They can meet people that they're fans of. We can sell merch and bring that physical presence to you, which is why I'm hoping, you know, there's a lot of people who are saying, I'll just watch it live. And I'm like, well, I get it. It's going to cost like 200 bucks a person. I hope if you can do it, you do show up because, you know, thanks to Public Square, it's turned into something very profitable for us. That's awesome. But when we're setting these events up, we can't cross our fingers and hope Public Square will save the day and, and make it something that'll work for us. Because when we're setting this up, we're like, okay, how much do we expect to lose off this event? Well, if we charge 175 per ticket, we'll probably lose 10 grand. I'm like, all right, we can lose that. You know, like we have the, the members already pay enough to subsidize this and the, and the public events are good for a lot of different reasons in a lot of different ways. And we're hoping that sponsors eventually come in to pick up the show. The, the initial sponsorships that we had planned were going to put us just above even. And then Public Square came in and they were like, guys, we want to sponsor the whole event. We want to be the main sponsors and we're going to make it worth your while. And we were like, dude, this just basically saved the day. These guys are awesome. We're huge fans. But uh, that's the inside baseball there that, uh, you know, I want to talk about. So super yeah. cool. That'll I don't know. Uh, this is a, a totally different uh, th- topic, but the Raw's alerts um, and yeah, another, saw that. Yeah, another uh, agency are reporting that Taiwan says it has detected 68 Chinese warplanes near the island. Oh, and that was... Ten minutes ago, fifteen minutes ago. It's always interesting to remember that, like Taiwan's gonna, like idea of next the island is a lot bigger than most countries because they've they've extended their rights further out. So when you hear the re- alert, like oh, it's close to Taiwan, it means it was within like you know sixty or seventy miles. But mm-hmm. yeah, actually, let me. Uh, I can show you. I, I think China China will likely graze Taiwan as they normally do. Mm-hmm. But yeah. uh, if you look here, see these islands right? Like you can barely see them. These little uh, not those, uh, those are those are that's dirt, that's dirt. There are islands like around here, uh-huh. super close to China, or it might be these. There's, there, there are islands far away from Taiwan that are considered Taiwan, and China flies around these and they say, hey, uh, you're in our territory yeah. again. It's probably those that. ones. Yeah. That. And, I mean, but either way, I mean, important to either uh, way. Yeah, still think important. about that. Why don't we go to callers? We got a, we got a, a bit more callers tonight. Yes, because we do. We just gave a little more. I think we have seven today. I think it's seven. We'll get total. it. Nice. Anyways, uh, let's just start with the average Vespasian, because I recognize your name. How are you tonight? Hope you're well. What up? You're with us. Or not. If they, they may not. Looks like you're still muted. Yeah, just got to unmute yourself. We'll we'll come back to them, I guess. We'll just keep going until we find somebody here. Uh, Cloud Spit, what is going on? Yes, sir. Always ready to join. Thank you. Nice. Yeah. Uh, hello from Polk County, Florida. Um, I became uh, a father about three weeks ago. Congratulations. Made me refle- Thank you. It made me reflect a lot about um, just my daughter's future in the country. So here's my question. I'm curious what the whole group thinks. What What is the new American dream? Because I don't think it's the traditional one with the way the housing market is, the car prices, the world economy. I feel the new one for my daughter or the future generations should have more of cultural statements instead of economic ones. So I'm just curious, like, where do you see that new American dream. I, I feel like the American dream was always that you could work hard and succeed. And that still exists. That, yeah. that that's it there. there. I think people have become so, um, I don't know, adapted to how awesome America is. They don't understand anymore. It used to be 
you were born into a class and that's all you'd ever be. Yet there are certain countries where that's still the case. I mean, India, they have a caste system. Then in America, it was like, you can become anything you want. And that's the American, the American dream is you can roll your sleeves up, start working, make a bunch of money, and then become successful, become wealthy, and become one of the nobles and the elites. Somehow, the American dream turned into you get to be rich. Yo, the people who move from China, five, five, a five-person family, they move into a single bedroom, a one-bedroom apartment, and the father works 16 hours a day, and then his kids grow up and then get to live in their own apartments and have middle-class lives. That's the American dream. Yeah. It still exists. You just have to work really hard. The problem is the younger generations are so accustomed to extreme luxury without responsibility, they don't understand. Like, it's like we're talking about with Oliver Anthony. You take someone who's poor, they win the lottery. They do not understand what it takes to be there, right? We were talking about this uh, before the show, why it is that people who win the lottery go broke. Like, how do you win $50 million and go broke? It's like, okay, well, they buy a car. The car has wear and tear. Mm -hmm. They have no income to fix that car. They uh, buy a mansion. The mansion requires a staff to maintain. They don't have income. They lose that money very, very quickly. So, you know, for us, like the castle, uh, we have to pay, we, we have to pay like thousands of dollars every month for it to be cleaned. And we have to hire someone to manage and maintain it more than one person, actually, because anybody who owns a house knows this. Wear and tear is a disaster. If you fall asleep and wake up and your basement's flooded because a pipe burst and you didn't notice, holy fuck. Yeah, we, had a, we, we had a, 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 a leak in, in my house. And it destroyed the basement. We had to rip the ceiling out, cost thousands of dollars. Imagine, imagine somebody wins the lottery. They get $200 million. They buy a, a $15, $20 million mansion. One, then, then they're like sitting in their pool, pipe bursts in the basement, but they ignore it because they don't go in the basement. Two days goes by before they finally realize something's wrong. And now they've got $30,000 in damages. Mm-hmm. That shit stacks up. So anyway, outside of that, my point is apply that view to what America is. Kids who won the lottery and were born to wealth, to, to uh, globally wealthy, and not, not every, I don't understand people aren't wealthy, but for the world, we are, with air conditioning, with refrigerators, with microwaves, clean running water. They did not have to build the pipes, clean the water, develop the chemicals, do the research. They just have it. And now that they're getting older and they're being told, hey, these things you have have to be maintained, they're like, well, well I never. The American dream is dead. But the American dream was never you're born into wealth and get to be rich for the rest of your life. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. So, yeah. you know, the my estimation of the American dream is the ownership of your own like destiny. Right. So like owning a business, uh, a lot of people get so used to the idea that you have to get a job. And to be honest with you, like a job is the safe route, right? You're relying on someone else to provide you with income. And just if you go to work for a company that's established, just so long as the owner of the company or whoever's running it manages it properly, you you can go to work, you have a paycheck and it's, it's something that's reliable. When you start your own thing, there's a big risk. Um, but jobs 
infrequently pay off in the same way that owning something does. Um, it was a big risk for me to try and start a band, you know, um, a really, really, really big risk because it just doesn't work. Like if you tell, if a kid tells you, oh, I'm going to be a rock star, how many kids say that? Like 90% of kids at some point are like, oh, I want to be in a band. And then, you know, one in possibly a million or maybe one in 500,000 actually becomes a successful musician. So it's almost outside of realistic to think about it. But at the same time, I did risk a lot to do it and things worked out well. And now I have, a you know, income that comes in whether I do anything or not, you know, like the, the, the royalties come in people, we have a fan base, people listen to our stuff. When we put music, like we put music out, we know that people are going to listen to it. They're going to spin it. Um, and people consistently, this is another thing that's, that's that we're super fortunate about as people grow, like when you're young and you get into music, like those bands, you tend to take with you for the rest of your life. So if you get into a, a band when you're a teenager, like I still listen to a lot, most of the same bands that I listened to when I was a kid. And there's not a whole lot of new bands in, in my repertoire. And that happens to most people. So for someone like me, thankfully, we've, we've been able to have that kind of career where people listen to us but the that's i think that's what the american dream is it's the ability to build something that's yours that can sustain you so that way you don't feel like you're working for someone else you don't feel like you're you know you're grinding for someone else all communists are always complaining about oh you give you're giving your surplus value to the boss well get the fuck up and do something yourself yeah well so pardon me (laughs) but uh do you do you want to uh jump in real quick elaborate a little bit or is what do you think Oh, is that to me? Sorry, yeah, yeah, I can't yeah. see on video. Um, you know, I agree with you. And I think that, you know, I've been listening to you for years now. And I think I I do agree with you. But I also think, polit- not politically speaking, but just geographically in America, that's easier done in certain places in America than others, I think. So, um I agree. You know, make your own destiny is definitely American. I'm definitely going to be raising my daughter the right way. She's going to be kind of just like me trying to do her own thing and, and, and be successful. But I am afraid of, you know, a lot of the things sometimes that we talk about culture wise with, you know, where's women's sports going to be in the future? What is she going to see in her own locker room? You know, what, what are the things that are going to affect her culturally to, to destroy that dream? And how can I protect her? At least teach her how to learn through it. Yeah, right. So that was just tough questions, man. Yeah, you get out ahead of it. You're ahead of it now. Keep speaking about it. Make noise. Make ripples and clear the path. Right on, man. Well, best of luck though, and thanks for calling in. Cheers, man. I appreciate it. Thanks, everyone. Cheers. All right. uh, Let's see if average Vespasian, if you uh, Vespasian, can you? uh, Are you with us? Oh, it's average Vespasian respecter. Oh, respecter. Oh, that's right. Name. That's right. Vespasian um, was a Roman emperor. Is that right? I believe. Uh, has, oh, I think it was like a class of people. Anyways, uh, I guess we'll come back to you again. Maximus, you are on the air. How's it going, guys? So I got a, a pretty simple question. Um, it's it's kind of Malcolm and Tim. Uh, what can we do to raise more grassroots movements to shield small businesses and things like supporting each other and like civil disobedience against edicts. 
typically, I mean, the best way that you can do anything like that is actually raising children. And the reason why I say that is that you have to actually have a feeder system where your ideas are naturally proliferating. So it's not like you just throw a whole bunch of money into like think tanks and individuals that are going to bankroll something and try to make it happen because that's inorganic. You literally have to build the culture from the ground up. Now, where we suck at is that unfortunately, you know, and Phil will, Phil will agree to this, the communists <laughs> got about 30 something years on us, which you're seeing the fruition of their plan. But the thing is, what they do, which is the antithesis of, you know, liberty and, you know, sort of um, self-ownership, that sort of deal, you know, prosperity, all of that has an expiration date. Whereas what we're building or what we could build doesn't. It just well, requires your savvy. Uh, yeah, I'll get ahead. a little bit more clear. Uh, my mom and dad have definitely chased the American dream. And I work for my father and my mother is our secretary. And... You know, there, there's a there's a certain amount of civil disobedience you can do in, in turning your cheek mm-hmm. to uh, certain things. And, and I don't want to get specific because, you know, unfortunately, with civil disobedience comes uh, responsibility. Yeah. A lot. Mm-hmm. A yeah. lot. And being a small family owned and operated business, it's it's very difficult to uh, disobey orders and not have any resources to reach out to. Mm-hmm. And I'm wondering what we can do as a network to offer resources to people who are on purpose, not following direct edicts, not necessarily laws, it's, but edicts. Yeah. That's going to come. That's going to come kind of in part it's, of what public square is doing. Yeah. I mean, we're, we're, we're trying to do this thing where, uh, you know, we're creating this anti time square because you have to build culture because a lot of people will not be leaders. They will be followers. And that means they're only going to oppose edict if they feel social pressures in order to do so. The cops will will beat the shit out of you if they're told to do it so long as society expects them to. Hmm. But if the cops know that beating the shit out of you will result in them being shunned and ostracized, they'll back the fuck off. Unfortunately for us, the left has weaponized this obvious fact by creating scenarios where the cops don't enforce any crime because they're scared of what will happen. You had that woman who robbed that liquor store, tried to murder that cop over a couple bottles of booze. He shoots in self-defense and now they're protesting for her. She tried to fucking kill this guy. Mm -hmm. Man, I hate these people. They're evil, evil people, but they're protesting for her. And cops are like, look, man, you know, when I go to town, I'll, I'll put it this way. Go to Frederick, Maryland. And look at all of the cult flags that fly everywhere. So many. And imagine being a cop and knowing you need to go in there to get a bagel or something. Mm. You you know they're going to yell at you. You know there's weird shit's going to happen because they use the power of, of ostracization against you. We need that in the right direction, which is when you're evil, you get shunned. Get what go broke. We need it that if you fly a pride flag, the, the progress pride flag, I don't care about a rainbow flag, but the progress pride cult flag, you fly yeah. that, I don't go to your store, you don't get my money. Right. Netflix, Disney, Bud Light, all that stuff. Right. We need to weaponize that against them. That's how you make those changes. And then what happens is the pedophile cultists start going, I better not put up my, pet, my pedo flag otherwise. Exactly. We will tell those people, we will shun you if you fly your, your, your creepo flag. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
Oh, I, I totally agree. I drew my line in the sand a long time ago. During the first pandemic, I wore my mask maybe a total first of 15 pandemic. times. Good for you. And I had my son born during the pandemic. So that was wow. like five of the times. Man. Wow. Hell yeah, man. If yeah. I had a customer that requested I wore a mask, I looked at them and I told them, if you really want to be safe, you should just leave the house while I'm working. <laughs> yeah. That good one. Good. That's good, yeah. man. Yeah. But that's, well, that's what we do. And, uh, you know, for us, we had the idea of setting up all these storefronts and man, this is like my mission. This is my dream right now. And we're, we're investing a lot, just spent a lot of money on a large commercial property in Martinsburg. We've got a couple now, and I'm really hoping that we can launch. I mean, it's going to require Terrence Williams to do his, his thing, Jack Posobiec to do his thing and any other businesses that we can get. But how fucking amazing would it be if, Three blocks of downtown in a city are all parallel economy stores. It's yeah. gonna it's gonna be like one big public square for public square. All those businesses that believe in American values. Here's what you're gonna do. So I'm so my mom's asking me. She's helping set up the coffee shop. How do we do Saturday morning cartoons with pancakes and waffles and all that stuff? I mean, we're gonna have to build a kitchen. Oh, no, 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 no. Catering from Cousin T's Diner. There you go. Nice. Saturday morning when we have our event and the families come with their kids to meet, build community and watch family-friendly cartoons, we're going to have pancakes, sausage, waffles, eggs, and it's going to come from across the street at Cousin T's. Mm -hmm. And we're going to have the box of Cousin T's there promoting him saying, you know, we do this once every Saturday, but you guys should go over there for your, for your diner food. Papa Jack's Pizza Shack is going to be the coolest thing ever. We're, we'll have a little arcade section like they used oh, to. Oh, man. Some video games. I can feel it. Yeah, man. I'm, I'm, and I think we can pull this off in a couple of years and make it massive because what we're talking about is collective expansion. We're launching our coffee shop. We get Jack Posobiec to start working on a pizza place. We get Cousin T uh, Diner. You have to meet yourself. Yeah, uh, we, we get everyone else who hears this, like conservative dads, ultra ride beer, open a liquor store, open a, open a bar or something. And then we just have this strip. What that will do is, yo, everyone's going to want to come visit. It will be a tourist spot for those that believe in this country and want to see this parallel Times Square. I'm super excited. We're going to need an arcade. We're going to need just to just to oh, it's good. social club. I'm super excited. Yeah. But I think this is how we do it. We build social and cultural power. Max Smith, anything else to you add? Use the Discord to organize your blue collar end of things because you actually have a lot more resources in your Discord than you might think to get things actually moving. Well, so the 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 issue is always. You need hitmen, right? You need that one person who, who's a, a specialist who, who knows how to get it done. We want to launch a franchise for Cast Brew Coffee. We have no idea how to do it. Oh, hold on. Chef Gruel knows how to do all this stuff. Totally. So we, we asked him for help. He's like, let's roll. He's going to come down. You need financing. You need funding. Like, like the only person who's going to be able to run a, uh, a Cousin T's Diner is Terrence Williams. The only person who's going to be able to run a Papa Jack's Pizza Shack is, is Jack Posobiec. I want to make sure we can provide all the help we can and we build that coalition, but we need those leaders to build those spaces. And outside of that, it's hard for like, this is what we need first. Terrence Williams has to say yes. And then yes, the discord is right there. And we can tell people like, Hey, reach out to our crew and see what you need because these people are all there to help you build it. And that's how we make it work. That, 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 that will do it. Yeah, totally. I'm excited, man. Anyway, thanks for thanks for calling in. I don't know. Is there anything you else wanted to add before we move on? Uh, just everybody should uh, check out the Discord. There's a couple of pre-shows uh, starting at 515. And uh, thank you very much, Tim. 
Right cheers, on. Thanks for calling man. in. Shout cheers, out man. To the Discord, especially to my team, man. Those guys are good. They're yeah. on it. Yeah. Yeah. Everyone, uh, everyone talks about you on the Discord, actually, from <clears> what <throat> I've been told. Um, Perceptual Jonathan, you're with us. How are you tonight? Oh, I think doing pretty well. How are you guys doing? Doing well, well too. Good. Thank pretty you. good. Yeah. So, Tim, you've mentioned a couple of times, like you referred to it earlier today, this case from Wyoming with Artemis Langford. But the case has actually been ongoing for about a year now. What, so what back case? when you were in uh, the Artemis Langford one in Wyoming, the the, uh, the trans guy at the sorority. Oh, right. Yes. Yes. Yeah. 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 yeah I did a segment so on that. Back, so back when you were at the TPUSA event in Phoenix last December, um, we had Vivek and Lauren Chen. Um, you'd read my super chat about this. So you, what happened mm. was Langford got admitted into the sorority last October. And last November, um, there's a friend of mine who goes to the university, um, like he, he lives in Laramie, and he tables at the university. He has kind of like a Stephen Crowder sign there, usually every Friday. So he sets up, um, you know, just some Bibles and stuff. And he talks to people about, you know, Jesus and the Bible and whatever. And this one day he put on his sign, God created them male and female, and Artemis Langford is a male. Wow. As you can imagine, the gender theorists at UW lost their mind. They wouldn't like that. And uh, <laughs> and Todd, so the university barred um, my friend Todd Schmidt from tabling for a year. So he is sued, wow. and a judge has put an injunction on that suspension. Interesting. Um, so the, wow. so this was coming down from like the the president of the university, Ed Seidel. And a question would be, how do you actually think you can get these universities to fall in line? So there was a proposal among a handful of people in the Wyoming legislature to go and slash the UW budget by 25%. And as far as I can tell, that died. Well, mm-hmm. and this is in Wyoming, which has like three Democrats in the entire state government. Yeah. I mean, that judge who was like, I'm not going to define what a woman is. Yeah. Fuck man. It, it's, it's, you're going to have to force the culture. I think the mistake a lot of people on the right ha- had made is that they're like, if we pass a law, we solve the problem. It's like, no, nah, when you own Disney, you solve the problem. Yeah. And that's a hard-fought battle. So uh, maybe it sounds a little—I know—just like a like a make, uh, sound like a broken record, but this is why I want to do this anti-Times Square. It may not seem related, but make it unthinkable. If this person wants to go into the sorority, and like th- pe- people need to understand this this uh, this dude, I'm, I do not give respect to uh, fake trans people. If if someone comes here and they are trans, I have no problem using their pronouns. I don't use neo pronouns. But this person is accused of staring at a woman undressed while groping him, like while, while stroking himself. Like yeah. th- th- this is this is not the story of a trans person who is struggling. This is a story of a pervert who wants to beat off while looking at naked chicks. Yep, normalize that. Yeah. And that's that's what that's the story that's being that's the, why there's a lawsuit. So I'm just like, yeah. we should not be at a place where it's acceptable, and we have to create social pressures where these people feel like if they do this. They will be shunned from society. Yeah. That's that. That is the solution across the board. It's how cancel culture works. People are scared to speak up and say they support Trump because they'll get fired from their jobs. The left figured it out and weaponized it. We've got to push back. And it's not so much that I would call this cancel culture. I would say it's called society. Let's call it consequence culture. We <laughs> yeah, do not really accept. Branding. So you had gays against groomers holding an event. And far leftists came and protested it. Well, there's only one solution here. If you're protesting, if you're holding an event saying pedophilia is bad, and a group of people show up saying, fuck you, that group of people are pedophile supporters. 
They're pedophiles and pedophile allies. Call them what they are. Yep. Mm -hmm. So I, I thought it was funny. Like if someone held an event saying like, we're holding an event to criticize Nambla and then a bunch of people showed up protesting, I'd be like, Nambla supporters. Yeah, pro Nambla. Yeah. Just call them pedophiles. Yeah. We have to, we have to make what they support unthinkable. Yeah. And that's, that's how you do it, that's man. do for us. Make the judge terrified that if he allows a dude to masturbate while staring at these sorority girls, that people are going to, are going to come, like they're going to file suits against him. That, that judge should be removed. He should, there should be a recall effort. What people in Wyoming should be like, file whatever we need to file to have that judge disbarred or whatever it is you do to a judge impeached. I think it is. And be like any judge who can't define the word woman should not be a judge. He's mentally compromised. Right. In fact, you know what I would do? Here's what you can do. If I lived in Wyoming, I would file whatever it is you have to file to have that judge rem removed under the ground that he is, he is cognitively compromised and incapable of doing his job. And the evidence is he can't define the word woman. Let him answer that in court. Let it yeah. be said and let the people of Wyoming watch it happen. Yeah. We just, you just gotta, you gotta do it. I don't you gotta know, do man. it. Yeah, someone has to yeah. do it. Take That's the court. exactly it, man. Most of society is unfortunately filled with midwits and you know, us midwits, we yeah. love optics. <laughs> and so yeah. if the optics are something based on societal perceptions are good, people are gonna do it. They're gonna say, okay, cool. If the optics are bad, they're not gonna do it. It's yeah. that simple. Yep, true that. Uh, anything else to add, my friend Jonathan? Yeah, no, I think that's good. Um, I mean, Todd, um, you know, I, I will chill for him. Todd would make a great guest uh, for the show, Culture War, whatever. Um, you know, if you're interested just to talk about the fun he was having uh, with the UW administration. We're working on uh, a, a, a women's sports and spaces culture war. So, and I don't book it. But I, th I think we might have people already planned for it, but we'll see. You know, I'll mention it. All right. To be completely so, honest with you guys, like when it comes to booking, like I have no idea what's going on. Like <laughs> yeah. Cassandra and Lisa Reynolds are the ones that take care of everything. And so we get a lot of suggestions. Very rarely do I intervene. So yeah. like, like uh, uh, I'll just say it. Elon Musk was in DC today and I was like, what do we have to do? And, you know, <laughs> of course it's not going to happen. Like we can't. It's like Elon yeah, Musk, man. Stuff. But like, it's, it's it's the rare time where I'm like hitting them up being like, what are, what are our options? And our options are like, dude, come on. <laughs> I'm like, yeah. I know, but come on, it's Elon. Yeah, true. I, I'll be honest, I, like, I DM'd him and he's just, you know, there's no word. So, but maybe in the future. But anyway, thanks for calling oh, yeah, him, man. Thanks, Jonathan. Time. Yeah, no, so like, he knows who we are. He Cheers, follows, likewise. he follows a lot of us. He's, I'm, I, 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 it would be amazing if we were to ha talk about AI because I was talking about AI all day. But anyway, let's uh, jump to the next caller. Rob SMF. You are on the air. How are you? Good. How are you guys doing? You hear me loud and clear? Yeah, doing yes, well. sir. Loud and clear. Hey, I had a question, but Tim, I wanted to point out that we have a sitting Supreme Court justice that can't define what a woman is, so we'd have to apply <laughs> that to her as well. I agree. Um, yeah, I, it literally causes me <laughs> physical friggin' pain. Yeah. Please file that suit. Yeah, someone's got to do it. Well, I'm, glad, I'm glad you said that, because actually, I, I called in and I want to tell you, um, I've been listening to you for a long time, and you're a big reason why I finally got up and did something. Cool. Um, and I'm part. I'm actually a director on a, a nonprofit here in Washington State. Nice. Um, and we we've, we've been suing the government um, since 2021. Nice man. I've got numbers. Number of lawsuits. Um, I know they want us to ask a question and, and not be a guest on the show, so I'll ask my question. Well, I mean, you know, later. Yeah, that's you, all right. We, 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 all right, you got to raise a amount of time to just say your thing. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's all right. Um, well, basically, our foundation is is in the middle of a number of lawsuits right now, and uh, a number uh, one that's really interesting that you might be interested in um, is pertaining to Gators, Gators guns, Gators custom guns. 
um, out of Cowlitz County here in Washington. Um, if you get, get a chance to look them up, um, the attorney general is going after them directly. Um, so we're, wow. we're going to be uh, working for them and uh, a number of things, Second Amendment, First Amendment rights, defending doctors, all kinds of stuff here in Washington. Um, so right. it's South Majority Foundation. You can find us at silentmajorityfoundation.org. Cool. Um, or or you know, we've got a shortened uh, uh, site. It's smfjb.org. <laughs> all right. Nice. <laughs> JB. So my question is, uh, we've been fighting this battle here in Washington, uh, and and really what we're finding out is that the government has con- has has control, has decentralized control at the state level, and then we have it at the federal level, and it's really what's causing the problems here at the local level. What is the pathway for us to bring power back to the local level? How do we get there? Oh man, it's 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 it's, it's cultural. It's uh, building community spreading the knowledge and building a, a, a base of people who work towards local politicians and believe in local governance. There are a lot of races uh, where nobody runs. It's crazy. Like I, I remember in Chicago, there'd be like a certain position for government and it would be like one person running unopposed. And it's like, that's kind of fucking crazy if you think about it. Imagine. Some random dude says, I would like this job and no one challenges it. So they're just given that job. That's yeah. nuts. That's Imagine wild. if like, like AT&T needed a new CEO, but nobody applied. And then one guy applies and they're like, well, it's yours because you're the only one. And the guy was like a, a, a server at a, at a fast food restaurant, you know, or at like a fast casual restaurant. And they're like, he was the only one who applied. So he gets the job. Like, no, it's insane. Yeah. It's insane. So I agree. Local politics is where it's at. That's the most important thing. It's going to require you t- convincing people to be passionate about local politics, which is very difficult. But it used to be that people would go to church, they'd hang out, they'd talk, and they built community that way. And that's why I think the Saturday morning cartoons, the cafe stuff is, is a path forward. Because then when you have 15 parents and you know 30 kids, the kids are all playing and socializing with each other and the parents are discussing exactly this. Who are we going to vote for? What do you think's going on? One person says, did you hear that that new teacher came in and she's trying to teach the critical race stuff? And I'm like, no. Yeah, we got to vote these people out. That's how you do it. It really is like, I suppose the advice I can give is think about what you can do in your area to hold community events to bring people together and meet people and network. Church used to be it. But, you know, if that's yeah. not going to be it, we need something else. Got to find something different. You'd be surprised how many people live around each other and don't even know, like, don't even the know neighbors. their next door neighbors. Yep. Exactly. Oh. Like, imagine if y'all got together, had an interest and said, you know what? I hate the roads suck here. Hey, let's uh, let's see if we can get some money together. And, uh, you know, let's uh, go talk to a politician or some or our local councilman. Yep. And then, you know, you start lobbying and you, you get into all those those power politics. And then next thing you know, stuff starts getting done. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, true that. Yeah. I didn't add, Rob. Yeah, I, I, I like what you had to say. Um, I, that's essentially what we've been trying to do and, and what we're working towards. And, and right we're on. making some progress, but it's it's slow coming here in Washington, I know. Yep. Uh, you, you're, you're aware of what's going on here. So I mean, we appreciate the time. Uh, thanks for calling in, man. Appreciate Cheers, it. Cheers, brother. We've been trying to get the cafe set up for like a year. And it's just, it's, yeah, it's so, it's I mean, we try to get free Domestan set up for in two years. Holy <laughs> shit. It's been a long time. I, I know. Came here, it's and it's just like one thing after a fucking wow. another. It's crazy. There's a farm nearby. It's awesome. They have farm fresh meats. They have organic cream only for your animals and organic <laughs> milk only for your pets. <laughs> but we know what's really going on. But uh, they were telling me that it took them two years to get their barn set up. They were like, it was built. It was ready to go. 
Anybody could have walked in and bought it, but the fucking government. Yeah. They didn't say it like that. I say it like that. Couple more words. <laughs> Anyways, uh, yeah. Schoon, tell us about how much you love the government. <laughs> oh, it's my favorite. <laughs> there okay. you go. Um, first of you all, I want to say on. I'm so thankful for y'all. I love the show. Um, I had to write out my answer because I don't want to like get so excited to forget something. So I'm just cool. forgive move. me if I sound a little robotic. Good move. Um, it's okay. So quickly. Yeah, yeah. Quickly, thank you all for being willing to speak about such sensitive topics in such contentious times, especially Ian for being willing to ask strange but honest questions in a group of people who usually disagree with you, to be honest. Uh, really, you are uh, an inspiration. Amen to that. Tim, yeah, Tim, I always thought you were awesome, but you honestly became one of my idols when I saw a slow-mo video of you doing a Nolly hard flip rewind. That <laughs> oh, was, yeah, true. That was next level. It, I was expecting like some like tiny little pop shove, and then I saw that I was like, "Oh my god!" Okay, um, about me, I'm a 24 year old from Texas. I have really big dreams. I studied neuroscience because I want to work on BCI. I want to save the world. I want to run for president, and I want you old geezers to know that not all of us. Geezers, come come on, man! I just turned 30. <laughs> watch it, bro. Jeez, <laughs> so, how, oh, how old are you, Malcolm? I just turned 30 actually in June. Oh, okay. Yeah, oh, so that, <laughs> He's calling that us made, So I'm, I'm right in the middle on, of this dude. room right now. I got two <laughs> old folks and two younger folks. Right. So, so uh, here's my question, though. Um, it seems like the right wing has stumbled upon a viable way to influence modern culture through boycott. Could we use this more directly against the federal government to create some real change? I.e., could we boycott the federal government? And threaten their lifeline in a sense. And just let well, me contextualize this just slightly. Is that something that's possible? This this seems like the most effective form of protest from the right wing. And would this just mean a mass movement not to pay taxes or some sort of unless we like get some sort of election reform? And isn't that kind of how we threw off British tyranny and if, uh, open to if, any responses? If uh, everyone on the right collectively decided not to pay taxes, that would be effectively a revolution. So I I I, I don't. I don't, I don't know if we want actual revolution or do we want mm -hmm. figurative revolution. I think the way that the anti-establishment faction, I hate saying left and right because it doesn't describe, it's I mean, really they're, they're, like Jimmy Dore is, is, is not a right winger, technically left, but yeah. he will be, like he is on our side when it comes to opposing the machine, even if we disagree <laughs> on a lot of things. Yeah. But uh, I think the way you, you channel that energy is through um, like local elections, uh, lawsuits instead of just I, I guess the challenge is it's easy to buy only what you need from good companies and not buy what you don't need from bad companies but filing lawsuits are expensive i think we have to wh whatever that energy is that results in a person knowing about bud light and not buying it has to be applied to local elections as well and i think that's that's an effective path imagine if every republican imagine if matt gates was speaker of the house Easiest way to put it. Imagine if every Republican was in line with someone with like Matt Gates and not with Kevin McCarthy. We need to elect those people and then you'll start to see some really dramatic change. Mm -hmm. But if everybody in the anti-establishment side just stopped paying taxes, the federal government would basically just go out with guns and it would be. Yeah, I'm not necessarily saying like stop everyone stop paying taxes, but just this concept of boycott, like. It seems like the right wing has the ability to kind of withhold funds. And that seems to be one of the few ways we found any real political influence. And I was wondering just how maybe that concept could be applied to basically better pressure the federal government. I thought often about uh, coordinating a day when everybody pulls their money out of the bank at the same moment. 
Whoa, yeah. That's also whoa, that's whoa, called whoa, a bank whoa, loan, whoa, yes. and that will destroy the whole country. <laughs> exactly, yeah. the world. which is why I'm telling you, I thought about it for many years and have calculated is not a good idea nice. so okay. it's a form of and again boycott. i'm not saying mm-hmm. to do that i'm just saying this this concept seems like something the right wing can use the problem the problem typically comes again if you love the country and you want to actually save it the worst thing that you can do is go nuclear and that's a nuclear option mm-hmm. right there and i say this to say because i was in a space talking to uh, matt gates and uh, lauren bobert and when i asked him like mm-hmm. if this was when the debt ceiling negotiation what's going on i asked him i was like Mad, like, why do we cave, man? Why did we not get any concessions? He said, man, like, I don't know. It was just like everybody was having the Y2K panic and fear. And it's just like, as time mm-hmm. ticked on, we became the bad guys. They started to look at us kind of, uh, yeah, you know, crazy because action. people were like, you know, the trains are going to stop running and all of this is going to happen. And it's like, if conservatives were to do that, the problem is that the momentum then changes to the point where the federal government will eventually say, okay, fine. Well, we're just not going to deliver these essential services. I know that's laughable, mm-hmm. essential services for the federal government, but we're not going <laughs> to deliver those. And then people are going to start looking at conservatives and that's going to turn the winds of change. So the only way that we can effectively win because we're not willing to torch everything is to essentially be reformers. Like you got to reform the system and that happens at the local level and eventually at the gubernatorial levels. Yeah. I did want to just add one thing on that. Uh, the only instance I see this as being, I, I don't want a revolution outright. That would be terrible. I know that. But trying um, for right this now. idea of like the British revolution or the American revolution, we said no taxation without representation. I almost feel a similar thing could be possible. Like, cause if we're in elections at the federal level that are not necessarily representative of our government, we're kind of, or of our people, we're almost in the same situation. So I, I'm not, I'm not saying revolution or anything like that. I'm just curious about the, oh, this yeah. concept. Yeah. I think the energy we have comes from like the, these, these boycotts are working because people know and are passionate. We build a culture, a culture around being passionate about these things. And that, that bleeds over into voting patterns and things like that. So if you know people who are like, I'm not going to drink Bud Light, you should add, and you should also be voting for insert local politician who is a good person. Yeah. I think you'll be happy to hear that I uh, decided to do my own personal Chick-fil-A boycott when I heard that they hired a (laughs) DI official, and I was addicted to Chick-fil-A, got it every single day, and I haven't had it now in like six weeks. Nice. The last vestige, we have bottles of Chick-fil-A sauce, and then once they're gone, we got the Polynesian and the regular Chick-fil-A sauce, and when they're gone, they're gone. Then the withdrawals happen. We need need German (laughs) sauce. Oh, I, dude. I mean, come I on. It. Like, both of them are just sugar syrup anyway. It's like, if I'm going to Yeah, they are. They are. But yeah, man. Sugar syrup. Well, all right, man. Thanks for thanks for calling Cheers. in. Cheers. Yeah. Good questions. That's a great call, my yeah, friend. Yeah. Thank you very much. Of course. Have a go, man. And good luck. All right. Uh, cut you out there. Sorry, brother. Uh, the Baconator? Talk to you. The dude, Baconator. Not I, haven't, the, I haven't had the. a Baconator in a long time. It's so like Wendy's? One. You never had? Yeah, so Wendy's. Wendy's. Yeah. Y'all are going to make me stop on the way home. Baconator, Gosh, you're alive. You think me feel? I've been having some Taco Bell recently. Oh, man. No, but but I've, it doesn't make me sick at all. No, oh, no yeah. I doubt it. Are you eating the flour tortillas? I know. Or it's you're doing so the flour, good. Dude, and this is the thing. Like, I don't know what it is about Taco Bell, but if I... I, I talked about this. If I eat bread... I feel like shit. It, mm. I just, whatever, I'm, I don't know. I, fuck it, I don't know. I think it might be the brominated bullshit they put in it and the preservatives. Mm. I don't oh, think it's gluten. true, 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 yeah. Because there's some stuff that I eat, like, I eat Taco Bell. Yo, I feel good. Yeah. I wake, I like, if I eat bread and, and fried anything, bread and fried anything, I feel bloated, sluggish, and groggy. Yeah. I went out at one in the morning to live mas with my girlfriend. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> so ridiculous. And that, we dude. got, I got a cheesy gordita <laughs> crunch. 
I got a grilled cheese burrito and a beefy cheesy burrito. I'm definitely stopping. That was 2,000 Taco Bell calories. <laughs> yeah. Okay, to be fair, I only ate half of the beefy cheesy because I was full. Mm -hmm. I did not feel sick at all the next day. I actually woke up feeling really good. And I was like, I, I thought I was going to wake up just fucking annihilate. No, uh, yeah. I felt Oof. great. A and I was like, good. I think it'll get to you, though, if you kept eating it. It's got to be the hydrogenated oils or the partially hydrogenated. And the sodium stuff. benzo it. Yep. Yeah. In the but dude. Do you do the sauce? The sauce is pretty bad, I think, too. The, I, oh, just dude, a cheesy gordita crunch. Fire sauce. I can't find a, that alone. It gives me like the the ingredients for guacamole. They're hash browns. They're the ice cheesy gordita crunch is basically a hard shell beef taco mm. with their with their ranch, whatever it is, like southwestern ranch. Then they take a flour pita kind of thing. It's not even a tortilla. It's like a like a pita, and they put cheese in it, and then put the thing in it and like heat it up. Oh, I used to eat so those. good, dude. Baconator, oh. are you still with us? <laughs> How's your heart? <laughs> I, I can't Potato there. said, "Tim, stop talking about Taco Bell. You're making me want to drive an hour." <laughs> I'm so hungry right now, <laughs> dude. Cheesy. And I've just, I've, I figured out that like, like the only thing worth getting is a cheesy gordita crunch. Mm. I like just the it, hard taco. It's very simple, and it's yeah, corn it is, tortillas. So those are a little easier it is to, a little to take. It's all good. The double decker top. Oh man! Hey, you're really you're real quiet. Can, can you uh, speak in the mic a little more directly in the mic there? Oh yeah, you should uh, try the double decker to replace the soft shell with a chalupa shell. It's quite nice. Okay. Yeah. Are you that, that, are you a trucker? Are you in a trucker now? Oh, a chalupa so it sounds shell. Like. No, I'm actually in a tent with twelve other people here in Iraq <laughs> at the moment. So Whoa! Fucking oh. badass, dude. What are you doing? So. Uh, well, I should be asleep. It's about five at five twenty-three in the morning. But uh, wow, sweet! To the show. Uh, nice, brother. You guys, for the last three years over here, I've been wow, right since on. 2017. But Michael Malice for Speaker of the House before Matt Gates. Yes, yeah. true, <laughs> true. And, uh, so this is a little bit more towards Ian, you know, because you know, with all with you know, when AI becomes the threat that Elon uh, Elon Musk predicts, you know, because of graphene, you know, it's all graphene's fault, um, and we need EMP to kind of you know. To start over with the with the reset, you know. The do you think we could actually go back to life before the internet if we couldn't have internet at all anymore because of a, some kind of AI threat? Well, yeah, we could. It wouldn't be easy, but once you have a generation that's born without it, I think then you'll have a fully adapted generation. I would do it. Would you guys do it? I would. I'd rather go back to a pre pre internet world. I mean, it was cool. hard getting lost pre internet. I'd say maybe pre smartphone. I would just mean pre smartphone. Are we talking yeah. with our current knowledge? Yeah, like like if right now cell cell phones. I agree with that. I would say no. Much. Life before the internet was fucking drudgery. Yeah, it, I, it was I think that's boring. Yeah. It was you had to go to a fucking library to find stuff out, you, or you'd ask people if they knew the answer. And to be fair, it was yeah. more classist. Yeah, the elites controlled the machine. Oh, yeah. MapQuest directions and dial-up internet. Yeah. yeah. I, I was about to say, yeah, you wouldn't even have MapQuest. We'd have to remake maps now yeah. because the GPS systems would be all down. Yeah. That's, that's why I say to smartphones. <laughs> smartphones is where I saw a lot of the... It's where everyone saw all the problems starting. So when everyone had access to the internet all the time, nonstop, every day. So... Yeah. Dude, that's nuts. Yeah, yeah I kind of look at the internet as the first step of the next species that we're evolving into. Like Homo sapiens, the past, the people yeah. that think they need to fight and kill. Cyborg we're, we're, we're going to become like single cells in a multicellular organism. Yeah, totally. You will be, your job will be to carry oxygen from point A to point B, and if you deviate, you are executed. Imagine, just imagine how much we've already adapted to this uh, world, you know, like the uh, waves that exist around us, like the uh, radio waves, Wi-Fi waves, and all that. Yeah. Like, our bodies have 
essentially adapted to to uh, coexist with those frequencies as is and that affects epigenetics you know that affects how uh you know dna is read and transcribed and so we're getting to the point now where we have literally you know almost jumped a shark yeah Mm -hmm. yeah definitely anything else to add brother i uh, don't want to cut you off while you're calling in from so far yeah no that was it good times appreciate the good vibes and a good show and uh, Ian, keep rolling those 20s. All right, I'll do it right now. Thanks. <laughs> right on, man. See hey, thanks later. for calling in from... Uh, I rolled an 18. From Iraq, yeah, you said, right? Cheers from Iraq. Yeah, from wow. a tent in Iraq, dude. Nice work. Stay yeah. safe, brother. Yeah, best wishes. Have a good evening. All right. Uh, last but not least, we got Tim from 2009. Oh, wow. Hey, well, thanks for having me. Hey, well, in 2009, what was I doing? I was uh, skating in Bucktown in Chicago, I think. <laughs> no, wait, 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 wait. No, um... I would have been, fuck, I don't remember where I was. Colorado, maybe. I was definitely living in L.A. at the Madhouse in Venice. Where were you, Tim, of 2009? What's going on? I was probably, uh, well, this is, actually, I should, probably shouldn't say it, but I was probably in kindergarten at that point, honestly. Oh, nice. nice. Well, then. Wow. I guess I, I, guess but, I am a geezer. 2009. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, I, the name's from... An old account I made. We met, we mentioned the game earlier, but I don't want to dox my own account. So <laughs> okay. I, I literally made it in 2009. I was like, oh, my name's Tim. Uh, it's 2009. Sounds good enough to me. Great. It's perfect. perfect. Oh, now I know what game you're talking about. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Anyways, right what's going on? How are you? I'm doing good. Thanks for having me on. I just want a quick shout out. Thanks, Tim. Thanks, Ian. Um, I like you guys. You guys really push people to think and push people to do stuff. But anyway, to my question... So there's been a lot of talk about the legitimacy of the courts and the legitimacy of our government. It makes me think back historically to two things. So, for example, Andrew Jackson in Worcester versus Georgia, if I remember correctly, he basically told the Supreme Court to shove it. Everyone else told them to shove it, and they did the Indian Removal Act. Yeah, as well as thinking of the Revolutionary War, there's a huge debate, especially if you look at some of the more religious talk, about, hey, as Christians, should we revolt against King George? And basically, the argument that came up was, well, he doesn't treat us as citizens, he treats us as subjects, mm. so he's an illegitimate ruler. Yeah. And then it goes to my question, in regard to the judicial system being multi-tiered and seemingly being illegitimate, should we defy the courts? Is that a good option, or are there better options? What do you guys think? The left openly does that. They do. Look at California, sanctuary cities, sanctuary states, allowing non-citizens to vote. I'm surprised this uh, lady in New Mexico is actually going to listen. I'd be surprised if she listens to this judge. I think that like civil disobedience, just so long as it's nonviolent, civil disobedience should be practiced at every opportunity. If you if you find that the the, your government is somehow being oppressive or, or is limiting your rights or infringing on your rights, civil disobedience. If you're not hurting anyone, there's nothing wrong with that, in my opinion, at all. There's, to me, though, there's only a certain level that you can really disobey before faith in the institution breaks down altogether. Yeah. <laughs> and that's kind of the thing is that you don't want to push them because if it seems like you're disobeying all the rules and the other side, as we have seen with the left, is basically saying, you know, well, it, it's inverse. But it's like if they're disobeying all the rules and you're obeying the rules, eventually you're going to stop obeying the rules. And then what happens to the system? It devolves, and then there's a power vacuum, and next thing you know, you have to have some kind of conflict or something in order to resolve that. Because, again, two sides with irreconcilable differences and no mediator, it it always goes bad, historically. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So there's a limit. But it is, like I said, we have to, you got to keep the government honest. Yeah, it's important. Uh, 
No, um, yeah, yeah, but it makes me think it's like, so do we fight fire with fire here? Like, where it's a really thin line, but where exactly is that line? Like, for a normal person like me, if question. I basically get screwed over by the government, how how in the world do I even fight the government? Well, it depends no. on how you're screwed over. Lawsuits, uh, you know, legal challenges are the are the basic way we do it. But unfortunately, the 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 rule of reality that the left really understands is that power matters. They don't care about truth, so they'll exercise power in any way to get more of it. We care about truth, so we are limited in how we can exercise power, and that's a disadvantage. But if you're rich and you're famous, you're not going to get in trouble with the courts. You'll get slap slap on the wrist and other bullshit like that. So that's that, that's the challenge. The left gains power, wields it mercilessly. We just need to boycott, control, build cult culture, and build power, and then we must wield it effectively. That's why people complain about Republicans not wielding power when they get it, because they don't. They need to. Yeah. Yeah. Well, know. if you're conservative, congratulations. You decide to play the game on hard mode. So <laughs> unfortunately, true. yeah, true. you just got to figure out, we've got to figure out our win conditions, and we got to stick to Oh, them. dude, dude, play any RPG with a karma system, and it it teaches you the realities of life that you may not mm. see. Mm. So Ian and I are playing Baldur's Gate. I beat it, by the way. Doesn't it doesn't mean a whole Shocking. lot having beat it. It's it's I, I don't I don't think so. Um, but the the issue is there there are a bunch of points in the game where it's easier to be evil, and that's just mm. reality. Yeah, I love because not doing it. I'm well, like, no, no, I'm not well, taking the like, power. I'll give you I'll give you a generic example of a storyline. Like there's a good person who's trying to do a good thing. The bad people are upset that good thing would cause them to lose money and power. They come and say we're going to kill this person. What are you supposed to do? Defend the good person. Say evil will not be permitted. I will, or you, or you can take the evil route and say, uh, "I'll leave. You kill him. I don't give a shit." Mm. And then you watch the villains kill the good guy, and they say, "You did the right thing," and they leave. And you didn't have to fight. You didn't waste any potions. It didn't cost you any money. You 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 completed the the mission. The good guy is dead, and now you carry on the story. That's the path taken by most people, or by a lot of people we've seen for a long time in this country. Or you can say you will not lay a hand on good person. And now you enter combat and there's like seven henchmen and you're like, dude, and you end up beaten, battered with broken gear or whatever. And you're like, that was really hard, but it was the, it was the good path. That's the challenge, man. Being good is hard and being evil is easy. Sometimes they'll come to you and they'll be like, we want to kill this guy. And you can join and be like, yeah, you're right. Let me help you kill this guy. Overt evil. Or you'll be like, no, stop. I'm going to fight you and protect this guy. Pure good. Or then there's this like neutral path of I'm not going to get involved. Yep. But that's actually evil. Uh, when you don't get involved nothing. with evil triumphing over good, you're being evil. Look at the yeah. alignments. True neutral. Like if you read like all of all the alignments, like true neutral and chaotic neutral, always yeah. evil. And then mm -hmm. law. And then you know, kind of uh, what is it? Neutral good. It, like it still is still. You know, you allow evil to happen. You just don't do it yourself. I think mm -hmm. lawful evil is the worst. Yeah. Damn, it's hard to hard to topple lawful evil. Well, yeah. What, what, what is it? Lawful? Dangerous. There's what is it? Uh, true evil or, or mm -hmm. true? Well, there's chaotic evil, evil. Yeah. which are like yeah, psychopathic, unpredictable, right. un, yeah. un, un, unlawful evil. They don't normally have good positions of power. Lawful evil is the most dangerous. Lawful evil is like yeah. a president. That's, yeah, wants like to literally turn. the zealous, the cult leaders. Right. It, like, lawful evil would be like the Nazis because they're yeah. extremely yeah, exactly. organized, extremely regimented, and extremely evil. That, that, that's 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 what I mean. I mean chaotic evil. A crazy guy yeah. with yeah. a knife going, nah, 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 nah. Uh -huh. everyone can organize against that. Yeah. And then unlawful evil, they're acting outside of their system. Maybe they're organized to a certain degree, but- Like a be, neutral evil? 
Yeah. Is that what? Well, I think uh, it, there's well, lawful, neutral, and chaotic. So, oh, okay. Yeah. So neutral evil. Neutral evil. There's, there's lawful evil is the worst. Lawful yeah. evil's usually got a lot of power associated right, exactly, with it. Exactly. Exactly. Mm. It's like a system. What is neutral it? evil? Neutral evil is just like way. not doing anything. Yeah. Being stay like out of their inactive way. in any it, way. Um, they'll it, rob you, but they're not crazy, and it's it, it's it's pragmatic. Yeah. They'll they'll it's violate the law yeah. happily instead of use it. Yeah. Lawful evil is the worst for sure. Yeah. I mean, normally chaotic evil is the worst person to be around, but lawful evil is the most dangerous aspect of society. The villain is lawful evil. And the monsters are chaotic. Evil. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like the, the lawful evil villain will have a pet guy. That's like a crazy psycho chaotic evil follower, like Renfield from Dracula. And Dracula is the lawful evil <laughs> yeah. owner yeah. of the house. And the problem is most lawful evil people convince themselves that they're good or they think they're doing it for the yep. greater yeah. good. So greater it, good, it, it like empowers the, it empowers them. And so, I mean, that's literally what you got to look at. Like <laughs> we're up against lawful evil. They think they're doing good. And mm-hmm. I and mean, then what? What is? What are the goods? A good alignment. All, same as lawful, yeah. neutral, and chaotic. Chaotic good. good? Chaotic goods like Robin Hood. Yeah. They don't follow the law, but they they I do see. what's right. What they believe yeah. is right, and they usually fall on the side of what is right. They're not mm-hmm. warped. Yeah. I. I. But see, the, the problem with this is, Robin Hood wasn't a good guy. Yeah. Only in retrospect, when we tell the story. To be to and to be fair, the Even. idea of stealing from the rich to give to the poor is not good. No. A, a person who is rich isn't necessarily a bad person. Like yeah. a guy who worked really hard for 20 years and built a castle and now lives in a beautiful castle doesn't deserve to be stolen from one. But Robin Hood stole from the government. Yeah. And gave to the poor. <laughs> there we go. That's what the, I write. The caveat. <laughs> I like the, the Robin Hood was chaotic neutral uh, conspiracy theory. It's a pretty good one. Interesting to think of him as a Ro- neutral Ro- character. Robin Hood stole from the, the government he would he would loot the the the, the tax the collector's coffers yeah. and then go and give it back uh, to yeah give it back to the people then chaotic good yeah yeah anyway, king john was like the do you want king of the tim of 2009 did you want to uh, put us back on track or elaborate anything i think a lot of times it's just especially for people like me we we think about it, it's like oh, how do we build culture how do we do this how do we do that it's like when you talked about the logistics of running your show we have most normal people have no concept of oh where I gotta lodge these people I gotta move people I gotta do this got do that, and so then sometimes yep. you know it's hard because we don't know what questions to ask a lot of times, and so that's why I think it's really important because everyone I've talked to just normal people they say we need to burn down the system, but then my question is well what are we gonna replace it with if we burn yeah. it down? Let's watch those folks. Yeah, yeah, and then there's a there's a time period between the the rubble. And then the new construction beginning of hell on earth that you don't want to be a part of. Right. That's exactly. why we don't burn it down. Yeah. Uh, I hope that's everything, Tim. Yeah. Was that? Yeah. Was that good? Well, thanks for calling. Yeah. In, I, buddy. I just wanted to shout out real quick um, the after show that we have in the Discord. Uh, hopefully, Malcolm Flex will be there. I just just want to drop that there. It'd be cool if you were in the after show. We'll have it on the staging slash events channel. Just okay. want to shout it out all the Discord staff and everyone that makes it work. It's great. So yeah. I yeah thanks for having to, me. Uh, yeah, of course, from this the same thing actually. And shout out Brett Mack, uh, who does all of like the organization for all the callers. Uh, Andrew Webdev, Michael Leo TOS, Zero Priz, Tantalus, Makey Tech, I Am, Olivia Claire, Joey Cannoli, Brian Lynch Mob, Yasha Grateful, Patrick of Ohio, Imprint, Sammy Football, and Kanowski. And that's all the people that. Oh, and also Diz. These are all the people that Raymond gave me a shout out. Thanks, guys, for all the work you guys do. Uh, you make this possible. I really appreciate right it. Cheers. Cheers. Thanks for calling in. Well, that was actually, you know, 
the, there's always an open window. I think I, I think when we're when we're uncensored, things are a bit better, which is why we actually do two hours of the YouTube and one hour of the of the uncensored. Mm. Yeah. So like, because the uncensored show is much more chill and straightforward. Definitely. But but the general idea for the main show on YouTube is we're actually producing segments. Like the structure of the show's creation was to record segments in real time and then break them up. So that's how the, the sh- that's why the show is what it is. And Culture War is why the reason we launched that is so it can be more concept heavy and free flowing. And then the after show is where we can just be like, fuck everything and just like yeah. say whatever we feel yeah, like saying. True. So, you know, days like this, they end up working out pretty well. And in, 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 it's kind of like a, an, a, a, a pressure release valve where we get more time to just like, let's fucking go. So, uh, you know, Malcolm, thanks for hanging out. It's been a blast. Thank you. And and what what we're what we're gonna do is we're gonna take the the YouTube portion of this we're gonna smash it together we're gonna upload it to all the podcast platforms so it'll be everywhere and we'll get it up on Rumble and uh, for all of you who are members aside from helping us by make by, by as being members you make all of it possible everything you guys are doing in the Discord is the coolest shit ever and it's exactly what I'm I was hoping would happen you are you are doing exactly what you need to do to help win a culture war by building culture becoming friends and working on stuff yeah. and I look forward to inviting all of you guys out to our social club and special events when we get it finally set up in Martinsburg. It's going to be fucking awesome. Thanks for hanging out, guys. And we'll see you all tomorrow. Hello, it is Ryan. And I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the chumba life. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.